0: Me be your podcast, you know. I I I can be whatever you want me to be.
1: Now I was very tempted,
0: I was very tempted to do some podcasts give terrible blowjobs, no rhythm at all, no sense of cock whatsoever. My favorite line. I mean, that's it's maybe one of the best lines ever written. And the fact that she immediately responds with no sense of cock whatsoever, right? <laughs> that she repeats it back to him. Yeah. It's one of the most absurd things ever said. I, well, I
2: just think there's so much that I love about this film. Yeah. It's a favorite film of mine, but, and I love Mike Ryan's performance. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the performances, but I do think the Ruffalo thing, it's, a, it's, it's easy to imagine many actors being cast in this role, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. many an actor would love to play a New York City cop mm-hmm. who's horny yeah. and kind of earthy. And like the world's best lover. And sure, and gives good head. <laughs> right? But like, Could anyone be doing quite what he's doing here? No. Right? No. (laughs) That's what's so, that's maybe the most magic element of this very sort of special movie with all kinds of great magic elements.
0: And I would argue he got dinged less for this movie than Campion and Ryan, but it still arguably knocked his career back a step. At least to the side a
2: step right. or something. Yeah, i don't know like yeah, it, it kind yeah. of
0: obliterated ryan and campion he was just like everyone went like hold on one second let's slow down on ruffalo they questioned a little bit and even you read like some of the reviews are like he's the only good thing in this movie but the, this thing was so fucking radioactive it is hard to like explain to people how much this movie was just like sort of message as
3: catastrophe
2: right atomic bomb everyone Meg Meg Ryan's should Ryan's go to jail over Bonk on the head,
3: horny jail. sure right
0: right, right. right. how dare yeah. you
3: i strongly remember um something from vh1 and i don't know if it was like an i love the 2000s thing best or, week ever probably. or or yeah. one, or 100 hottest hotties sure. it was one of those things where they mention this movie and they mention it in a way that like Strongly suggests it's like this is disgusting. Yes. And Matt yes. Ryan looked and you had to got to see pubic hair. And like it was just this weird thing. My only experience within the cut was just that weird vh1 voiceover that seems to really hate it and i was very confused
2: but it. it, it's not thing. hot beyond the right. fact that like right. not just that it's oh sure it's like a sort of sexy filthy movie but like yeah
0: bleh, like that yeah. definitely
2: was a bit of an undertone to some of the reaction there this was movie. this weird right. 2
0: prong thing of simultaneously, I don't want to see that. Right, right simultaneously people were saying uh uh how dare they right like right. sort of like morally offended i think more than anything by how dare you do that with meg ryan that's not allowed right right Mm. and then simultaneously, people were like this thing is silly and it was like both at the same time like they were like this is too sexy and gross and also it's ridiculous and laughable Mm -hmm. which are kind of contradictory things i mean it speaks to the Very. very specific tone of this movie but people just like didn't know what to fucking make of it it made them angry it was so widely derided The thing that I had forgotten that astonished me at the very beginning of this movie is that it is a Screen Gems release. It sure is. Which is one of those things that just makes you pause and go like, oh, Screen Gems at this point is like less than five years old. Right. And it was just sort of Sony saying like, we want an arm for smaller movies. And smaller movies was a pretty broad umbrella. And this same season, like within a month, this movie and Underworld come out. And that's sort of like, oh, cool. That's the only thing Screen Gems is going to do for the rest of time. Right. I mean, <laughs> to, to be clear, Screen Gems
2: had existed for a long time and, and Sony revived the it as modern a modern as like incarnation a, of Screen a Gems. sort of smaller like horror slash teen slash genre label. But they were also
0: like, it's maybe for adult dramas like Screen Gems would they acquire did girl fight at Sundance. They yeah, would do yeah, yeah. slackers like it was like. It was anything that felt a little too specialized for big Sony, but it wasn't like Sony classics. Mm. But um, but but, I, but them releasing a movie like this is unfathomable. But they did not finance this film at all. Sure. right. I'm just that's saying. The that, that's the
2: only it thing. That's the only thing. It got,
0: right. just to see the logo in front of it is
2: bizarre. It is bizarre. Because usually you would see that in front of like the Mothman prophecies or whatever. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right.
2: Uh, It's bizarre.
3: I mean, didn't this come out on like Halloween too? Yes. It
2: came it's out true. October 31st, 2003. The day itself yeah absolutely I mean absolutely
3: should not no. have come out well it should have come
2: out in the summer absolutely in terms of the atmosphere of the film, Hot. like that would make the most sense Hot months yeah, yeah, it's a sweaty yeah. movie um, I guess it's like a if you're gonna sit someone down and say you gotta see in the cut, I guess you would say like it's like a romantic thriller, but it is like the you know. There's a killer on the loose. So I guess right. you could sort of convince a studio, like, this is a fall thing. This is an adult thriller. It's but like also, a, look, yeah. it
0: had done the rounds at festivals. It was hated. And Halloween is kind of a dump weekend because, like, you know, people go to fucking parties all weekend. I mean, it's like Halloween day itself, wherever it lands, is always like an incredibly bad movie going day. Right. Because everyone wants to fucking go out. Unless
2: it's a horror movie for, yeah, right, right. But for even then, it's
0: usually like the day before or after that R- right, movie right. might have a good weekend. But that day is just like a fucking nothing. To release like an adult drama on Halloween just feels like a complete shrug of like, I don't know, contractual obligation.
1: Mm. We yeah. backed
0: ourselves into this. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, talking about contractual obligations that we backed ourselves into, uh, this is year seven of a podcast called Blink Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. Sure. Uh, it's a podcast about filmographies directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they're in the cut baby sure <laughs> um, what do you, what, what's your contractual obligation angle here I just make a joke about oh, okay, us okay. being uh, trapped doing the show forever which of course I kid because I love it <laughs> and I love you oh I love you too i trying to say I love you to people more yeah you should good uh, thing Ben to say. I love you I'm producer Ben I love you too, Griffin. Um, uh, This is a main series on the films of Jane Campion. Yeah. It is called The Podcastiano. Absolutely. Uh, Today we're getting to...
4: I was thinking with that. Yeah, please. Just really quick. Have you ever thought we could go like uh, podcast, podcastiano, you know, like mambo, mambo italiano? (laughs) Have you ever thought about that, guys? Yeah, I think yeah, you're going to put you know, that
2: on, like, a TBD,
4: right? I know, I like, let table.
0: David, I have to admit, I have thought about it. Because, you have thought about that? Well, I have, because I kept on saying, like, I wish the name of this miniseries was a little more abstracted. When people hear it, it makes too much sense too quickly. Right. Uh, hence why I've been throwing the Italian accent onto it. And I'm like, no, let's get further away from any recognizable word. It's uh, also funny now that the
2: piano is behind us yes. and we're covering in the cut, but right. it's still called the podcastiano. I know. I'm like,
0: <laughs> I'll say this. In, in that one sense, I'm glad she hasn't made 20 movies. Like if we had to do 15 post piano episodes and I was still saying podcastiano, I'd feel a little bit silly, silly. but I don't. I feel very normal and smart. Good. You are. Uh, normal I guess and smart. joining us, of course, film critic, host of the Bad Romance podcast and uh, a notable in the cut stan. Recent, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry say your name
2: again I'm sorry, I talked Jardine over it
0: Searles, in the Cut Scholar well, You recently introduced
2: a screening of it, right? At, uh, at, at Nighthawk Night in Night Hawk?
3: Williamsburg Oh, like
0: very recently
3: yeah, right? yeah, and it was it was a really good time Like almost every seat was filled I feel like we only had like four extra tickets Or something like that, It's crazy You are cited on the Wikipedia time.
0: page for this movie In the <laughs> subsection about like the reclaiming of it
3: I'm so glad, I mean I saw this movie for the first time in The Fall of 2018 and okay. wrote about it for the first time at in January 2019 so it's just been wild it hasn't been that long since I've seen it but I just immediately latched onto it and and I had been avoiding it for years because I had heard that it was bad. Yeah, wow, well, should sure And and I was and I and I've always been a Jane Campion fan. I've loved Jane Campion since I was a kid. I was that kid inappropriately watching the piano. So it's yeah. So it was it was kind of and I was so mad at myself when I finally watched it for avoiding it for so long because it's so incredible. I mean, David, you and I saw it together. You
0: had already seen it. I saw this film when it came out. Right. I've always been an in the cut fan
2: on the Oscar watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was well known for being the in the cut is good person. Wow. A little 17 year old David thought wow. he was so smart but it was good. Yes. Then and now. We did it. It was your Emily
0: it. Hulk. It was your derided film of 2000. Right. I was probably motoror.
2: not that high on Hulk. Was, right. I Whereas I, remember, I was the
0: person who was like I'm telling you four a, acting noms for Hulk. What a
2: good year. 2003 O3 was really good. I'm Here's another thing. Uh, o three
0: was a really good year for like commercial cinema well sure there, there are great like uh foreign art house independent films right. but also 2003 has blockbusters that are like good good it has good comedies it has like yeah, yeah, yeah. good populist movies on top of everything else hmm. um mm-hmm. which makes it year. a little bit of a rarity in the modern era but my first time seeing it was seeing it with you oh so you'd never
2: seen it. we went I to the quad it. me you alex ross perry yes, and his wife and his wife anna uh that must have been i don't know was that a few years ago right yeah, yeah i, I saw
3: it at the quad so i wonder if it was actually it twenty. Was, if it was cuz i know maybe, it was playing in 2018 yeah. i don't know if it was playing i think i mean it's yeah, at,
0: at the time of that screening I knew you liked it, but I was mostly going to see it. I mean, you know, we want to make plans for the four of us to hang out, right? Right. Uh, and it was like, "Oh, let's go see this." I remember this. we were
2: right, we were just kind of like looking at like, "What what's a good rap screening coming up right,
0: or whatever?" Right. And I was like, "Oh, I'm like interested in this movie that's a famous disaster, but I I, I think I was going to it with morbid curiosity more than anything else." You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, there was that bizarre feeling of just like, "Oh no, this is like good. This is not uh I don't even feel like I'm forming a radical opinion here. No. And the tide had maybe started to turn a little bit, but I think it's gotten much louder in the last five years. Yeah. I was just surprised. And then yesterday I saw uh, my my dear friend, uh, Andrew Taven, yep. and we were talking about how he had been watching Campion movies for the podcast recently. I And he was like, I was watching the cut, and I was like, oh, it's great, right? And he was like, yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah, I guess it is. It made me feel uncomfortable. Sure. And I've spent the last five years so in the mode of like, of course, In the Cut is great and everyone was unfairly critical of it at the time that it took him saying that and then me rewatching it last night to remind myself, oh, it is a deeply uncomfortable movie. Like, as much as I think most of the criticisms at the time were stupid, or it is a or, movie that yeah, does not, yeah. like, well, he, you understand it being off-putting to people even if I feel like they misidentified what was making them uncomfortable and blamed it on other things that were dumb.
3: Well, yeah, I know I I mean it seems like it was a movie that people were scared of, which yes. is which is fascinating to me cuz you know, I've always been really into erotic thrillers cuz I had one of those moms that was just like whatever I'm watching, you're also watching it. I'm not changing it to something for kids. Sure. Um so I've so I've been watching erotic thrillers like my whole life and I think that I, I was just so shocked because it was just, this is an erotic thriller. There have been so many of these. What's the problem? But it's, I think it's the vantage point of it's it. the point perspective. The, it's yeah. the perspective of it that really, really makes people uncomfortable.
2: And this is, at, I would say, at the tail end, right? Of the erotic thriller. Like it is, yes. you know, Unfaithful is yeah. the year before. And I remember Unfaithful having kind of this Oh like Another Adrian Line right. still kind of cooking with gas a little bit yeah. remember
0: him you know like you know but like And that movie's a lot more prestigious. Well like, and but I,
3: I don't also... even I don't even like that movie. I don't understand why people were going David loves it. That movie. Rules. People were Okay, fine. Yeah. I love that movie. But okay. uh
2: but that movie is a very I would say right. down the line yes. yeah. classic erotic thriller, very male gazey. Right.
3: Not not like in a, you know,
2: a, a awful way but you yeah, know it's an adrian line movie i mean it's also,
3: i, I right. love the snow globe snow globes good
2: i love the wind blowing oh, her yeah. around when she's feeling all crazy let's yeah. uh, also
0: acknowledge yeah. like michael douglas was the king of the erotic thriller Absolutely for like sure, a 10 year right, period Adrian right? was the yeah. guy who helped define that and that's the model of what america feels comfortable with in a in an erotic thriller and Unfaithful is him kind of closing the loop mm-hmm. a little bit. like And yeah. it's like, that era is done. We have not figured out what the next era of erotic I'm looking
2: thrillers. at like a, you know, to be Wikipedia, but still a list of erotic thrillers. Sure. And the only other one in 2003 of any note is the French movie Swimming Pool, which is a pretty good movie. Uh, um, I, yeah, you know, I like Zon that movie, movie a lot. Um,
0: and, and was like, that it was like a breakout. That was like an art house breakout.
2: Yeah, because it was your uncle's favorite movie. Absolutely. But, but nonetheless, it's a good movie. <laughs> it was the
0: first French movie my father saw in like 15 years. It was because like, my mom is French. My dad's very American, and my father has like no interest in French movies. But like And I just remember him being like, Is Swimmerpool still play? My obviously mom was like, he is- just wants to see this fucking <laughs> 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 Obviously. <laughs> You heard there's the two movie is bad, in.
2: but a couple years later you have Basic Instinct Two, which is sort of this like, hey, can we like, right? Well, you know, put this back in the microwave. In and everyone's. point, like, I'm going to get back to this it. in a
0: second. Yeah, and okay, what else wait, Swimming
3: pool is bad. No, 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 basic, no, no basic Instinct, instinct. Two. Risk oh, Basic two. Instinct Two. Swimming pool's good. I've never. Yeah. I've never watched.
0: <laughs> it's not good. No, I mean it's not a. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's not.
0: It's not a. It's not a good idea.
3: No, what they
2: did there. No, doesn't
0: seem. At some point, I want to. Be more thorough and loop back around to all the other weird Verhoeven sequels I haven't seen. Oh, like that he didn't make. Well, I held off on seeing the RoboCop sequels for you so long. You finally watched those. Sure. But like, I've never seen Basic Instinct 2. Uh-huh. I've never seen Hollow Men, Hollow Men 2 with Christian the Slater. direct-to-video <laughs> Hollow <laughs> There are the three right. direct-to-video uh, Starship Troopers. Well, there's Troopers. a lot of, there's a whole world of but, Starship But like, directed one. I know, I know. I Phil know. Tippett directed one. There's the bizarre Showgirl sequel.
3: Oh man, yeah. Pennies from Heaven, that.
0: yeah, directed or like conceived by
2: one of the supporting sort of actors, actors in the film All right about now.
0: her character. Look, yeah.
2: As Jordana was saying, yes. I do think it's the perspective was surprising to people. The the you know, but also the Meg Ryan of it, it like, just cannot be understated. It was just yeah. It was uh, whatever. It was. It's such an iconic example of a star, quote unquote, defying their image and right. it throwing people off versus yeah. it. Prompting a claim, even though she rules in this movie.
3: People's relationship to Meg Ryan is something that I've never really fully been able to grasp. Like, I mean, a lot of it has to do with me not being white. I've mm-hmm. always sure. I've always loved her, but the idea of her like stripping naked and getting eaten out mm-hmm. doesn't like it doesn't negate anything. Like it doesn't change the way that I feel about any of her work where she isn't doing that in a way that it clearly did for white people there's sort of a a three-point,
0: like, sort of thing to address in sort of where Meg Ryan is culturally at this moment, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about, I mean, she's, like, obviously you have, like, you know, uh, she breaks out in, like, Top Gun and everything, right? But then, like, obviously, when Harry Met Sally is, like, the breakthrough, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as often is the case with movie stars, not that she isn't also a very skilled actress, but when you transcend into movie star... The one where the audience falls in love with you becomes the thing but in their mind. She is the ultimate example. That's the problem. Where she's like, also just defining like she was the best version of that. Very
2: packaged right. as a specific, you know, type. Yes. Anytime she deviates from it, forget yeah. in the cut. Just think of like courage under fire or addicted to love or whatever. Any movie where she's right. kind of trying to like break out of the right. role she's best known for, audiences are not interested. This movie obviously is way more drastic. A swerve right. audiences yes. are not interested. You know, like It's. I she's such t- a talented actress and yet never got enough shots at. No, and the like, I'm um, sorry, most go, She
0: was given was like, you can do City of Angels or When a Man Loves a Woman. You can play the sad version of a Meg Ryan she's character. She's great in When a Man Loves a Woman. She's she, a good actor.
3: I right. think that she's actually like great and addicted to love. That's another rule. That that it's ruled. one of that, David's favorite yes, movies. Yes. Like, yeah. that's one of those that like I heard was bad. Addicted to Love is like really good. I'm addicted planning on doing roles. a bad romance episode on it to explain, no, it's good actually. What is wrong with all
0: Jordan, of Jordan, David has pushed the idea of a Griffin Dunn miniseries many times and I've said to him like we could also just do an addicted to love but episode. I also like practical I know, magic oh, I know yeah
3: you, know. you want to talk about practical magic? that would
2: be those are the two I mean I'm not like a big fierce people fan sure but, uh, but like Lisa
0: Picard is famous it's I not, never saw Lisa Picard sure is
2: but um but Addicted to Love is great, but even Addicted to Love, sure, she's got the blonde right, it, hair, but it's a little spiky. And it's sure, a she's a romantic comedy, mom, but it's like a elite. bitter one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like yeah. People great. were
0: just so sort of reined into what they wanted from her. And I think part of it is like, A, that's what they fell in love with her for doing, right? But B, it's like that was sort of a peak time for those genres.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was like a right. real like... Hollywood makes a lot of
0: those kinds of movies, right. and she's sort of a top of the heap. And she was so clearly the best at it, that He's I really think there was it. also a degree that when she wasn't doing that, people were like, come on, you're depriving us. Why aren't we getting mm. our Meg
2: Ryan movie this year? Or right, I don't right.
0: Know. Fucking, you're being selfish here. Before in the cut, yes. obviously
2: she's in Proof of Life a couple, of so uh, yeah, right, years okay. earlier. So that's point two. Which is sort of a again, it's sort that's,
3: of that's the one where she, she did it with Russell Crowe and also she like cheated with Russell Crowe. Yes. Well
2: she right, her she she her marriage to Dennis Quaid, who of course seems like a totally normal chill dude with no problems at all. This is
3: uh, what is so uh, I was trying to my it's father. A
2: huge, you know, tabloid thing, like right. they're obsessed over it. It wasn't just that like there was a cheating scandal though. It was like it's it's the Russell Crowe thing with like, yeah. Of course, Russell Crowe is going to steal your lady. You know, he was at the peak kind of like,
0: this is the masculine ideal. Russell he's Crow rugged. Russell so charged. And it was like, I mean, I guess the phone throwing incident happens after that, this. Sure, he's crazy. right? You but know, also yeah. that next year, there was that thing that I totally forgot about and dug up and I feel like I mentioned this on a recent episode that there was like, the FBI intercepted a threat that the Taliban wanted to kidnap Russell Crowe before the Oscars because they thought it was the message that would most destabilize America. Oh, they were, they were just like, uh, this, this is the hinge point. Despite him being an Aussie, they I were
2: do like, remember that really fucking what? shake them up we, we kidnap. They were basically, we need to get the number one movie star, right? right. Male movie star. Right, sure. I just think,
0: A, everyone was so excited. I'm, I'm doing another list of ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, people welcome. were just so excited that it was like, fuck it, new male star, new fuck. So, fucking he's, alpha male you know. and he's like a heavyweight actor and he can fucking do action right. and all this shit and he's fucking women and whatever and then he fucked med ryan and they were like fuck you Meg ryan you've gone too far i know it there was crazy. there was no like shade on him everyone seemed to take dennis quaid's side which is a little bizarre considering as you said that he's clearly a very normal I,
3: okay dennis
0: that's... quaid was in his parent
2: trap era at the time he was like i've kicked booze right I'm hot go ahead jordane
3: Dennis Quaid is a creep, and I knew this when I was a child. Like, he has always come off like a creep are, to me. A, it's a very... lot of stories. It does not take a lot of time to dig down no, and you guys aren't no.
0: into the Dennis so... Weird. Well, look, we're all, we have no choice. The Renaissance is happening. just a reality. We have to acknowledge. It.
4: He has a podcast called The Renaissance.
3: That's he, a real thing. That's on that now. Is absolutely untrue. No, this is fake. If you think You're about it that way. Up. He's actually a coworker of ours because I he works in the podcast. I absolutely hate the the thing about it is, is that like I hate both Dennis Quaid and Russell Crowe, and so sure. my opinion to this information was, girl, I want more for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but she, I but I also understand that like. She the thing is also that Dennis Quaid cheated on her a lot, too. So it's just like, it's like wild. It's just like, okay, so so he can so he can go and get it somewhere and she can't like give her some space, man.
0: Absolutely. But I think as opposed to maybe like Kidman Cruz, Willis Moore, I think a lot of this was Ryan. There was a perception of like they're the normal Hollywood couple. Mm, right. They're the right? People
2: Magazine friendly types. Right. Like, you know, and we, I right, think people
0: knew like that. Dennis Quaid had a wild man reputation, but it never was like Sean Penn, where it was like all over the fucking tabloids. And I think the perception at the time was, oh, she kind of domesticated him. So by the time she cheats on him, which people were just very into, it. it's like you said, right. the, you know, her and Dennis Quaid, Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. Right. Uh,
2: it was a power couple, couple uh, era. Alec Baldwin came based in a famously stable relationship. Right.
0: But I think they were perceived as the most normal. Because Meg Ryan is the girl next door. Exactly. Anyway, so it's like that that. betrays that. And then the third thing, which we just have to acknowledge, is she turns forty, right? Sure. And I think she is aware of the fact where it's like I can't be Meg Ryan within these narrow confines forever. I need to, in some way, sort of start to experiment with what else I can do. Well, post proof of life, she makes Kate and Leopold. A proof, great film. So Proof of Life is like step one of like, can I try to work in sort of the Courage Under Fire genre, right? Yeah, that movie's yeah, a an flop movie. and it's a fucking... Not uh, a bad movie. Nightmare for her uh, press-wise, right? Uh, then, uh, as you said, um, Kate she Leopold. does Kate Leopold, which is her highest grossing film in the last 22 years. It's, it's, her, it's last her last Meg, Meg movie Ryan movie. Right, 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 yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's and she's movie. doing it with a younger man and it's sort of like her being like, I maybe got one of these left in me. Yeah, new, Before, s- new star. I, I just, I'm a woman now. Like, I can't keep on playing these sort of what you call the the Fliberty gibbet roles.
3: And I mean, you can and you can see it in Kate and Leopold where her whole thing is like, yes, I'm Meg Ryan, but also like, I'm tired. I'm tired of your shit. I'm tired of all of this. I, just, I
0: may be a little over being Meg Ryan. It's yeah, her character it's, in Kate Leopold. Because, yeah, because
2: yeah. he's been ripped from the timeline, elevators no longer exist. My favorite part of Kate and Leopold, because he invented the elevators, elevators start vanishing. That movie has such like weird fungible like rules about like time
0: travel that I am obsessed with to well, this it's, day. Well, it's that weird mangled effect of just everything's a little better than it needs to be.
2: It, it, I, I agree. Where I, you're I, just
0: like, he puts a little more thought well, into the logic well, of these things it, in a way that makes it like it's also compellingly the Hugh, bizarre. It's
2: the sort of Hugh Jackman is early and yes. so he's not picking his projects yet and he's been like shoehorned into this like He
0: doesn't know who he is as a movie Time star. travel, right.
2: you know, English lord thing and yep. he just is sort of, again, he's just kind of like 20% more yep. than whatever. Like, like right. someone else could have been. I don't know. I defend that movie. Um, Me too.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. But that, yes. So that's. You want
2: to watch Kate Leopold right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, episode over. His butter scene, really good. The oh, man.
0: <sighs> but that, that movie is a hit, right? And, and just to go it's, back it's, here, a, it's a solid hit. It's just like to, a, it, to right, acknowledge right, an obvious thing. Right. 99 is You've Got male. So she ends off the millennium with like fucking third time around with Hanks. Efron again, just doing the exact thing. And then it's like hinge point, 2000. Russell Crowe, proof of life. Kate and Leopold, okay, you're back where we want you.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, in the cut. And then in the cut. Is obviously intended for Nicole Kidman. Yes. Uh, Campion had been working on this movie since the mid-90s when she read Susanna Moore's novel, which came mm-hmm. out in 95. Yeah. Um, Kidman acquires it. Mm-hmm. Like, Campion takes it to Kidman and is like, your company should option this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting and Kidman reads it and is like, I agree. So that was the plan.
0: Right. And it's like right after Portrait of a Lady. Mm-hmm. This book's published in 96?
2: 95. 95. Okay. Yeah. Um, And uh, they have this idea mm-hmm. that they can finance the film themselves out of, by by doing all the foreign pre-sales. Okay. That they're like, we have Kidman, we have a book that people can read. Sure. And Campion says she feels bad because she told Harvey Weinstein,
0: Harvey Weinstein,
2: who uh, is obviously
0: a no major producer of the moment.
2: It. Yes. Yes. That it could be kind of a seven type. She compares it to seven. Huh. Him, Yeah. Mm. And she says like, I probably shouldn't have done that because it's not a great comparison. Like, obviously there's yeah. sort of superficial comparisons you can make or whatever. But right. Like, but Harvey, I think heard that and was like, like, Lady we could seven. use a seven. Like, you know, right. like, you know, right. like, Great. Yeah. And then the budget inflates, and the, sure. they're, they're into, the whole thing gets harder to do. Right. Harvey's involved for a while and then drops out. Okay. Um, because he's insane and awful.
1: Uh, or whatever.
2: He's doing his usual bullshit where he's, I don't know, sure. making yes. weird demands about the story. or uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they drop out, and Pathé ended
0: up funding the entire film $12 million. Okay. Okay, and then think, Screen Gems gets distribution. Yeah, But
2: Kidman is such a huge part of the package. Uh, absolutely. Right? You know,
0: like, obviously. And this is, look, we talked about Portrait of a Lady, like, up until this point, but, you know, uh, Kidman post-divorce has this, like, kind of wild run, but she also drops out of a lot of things. Like, she's supposed to do Panic Room and drops out, like, a week or two before.
2: That's a big one. I right. Know, or similar she's, she's
0: really making, like, Strong choices in her movie stardom, and, and uh, you know, some of them good, some of them it's, bad. She's post divorce. She's
2: post eyes, wide shut, which yes. is this huge grueling shoot. She had a bad knee injury, she said, right. which is the reason she didn't do Panic Room. She right. says it's the reason she didn't do this movie. Yeah. And she also said, like, right,
0: because hey, Moulin Rouge was like a two year shoot
2: because that of was her a injury. Crazy thing, right. right, right. And she said, like, I love, I was so happy when Meg Ryan got the chance. I love when people get chances to do things you don't immediately think, oh, that's perfect for yeah. them uh i love all of jane's films people like her change the world artistically i mean she speaks very like yes uh benevolently about like that was
0: great meg ryan's great no like, I no no beef i don't think in either of these cases the film would have been maybe loved by no
2: but the film would people would have gotten it yes. with
0: nicole kim and, and by the way i think they would have gotten it with jennifer jason lee i think both of those are actresses I just to do the mental experiment because I was watching the movie and, like, flipping them in my head. Certainly. I mean, right. Jennifer Jason Leigh, this is just an art house movie. Right. Right. But, like, Kidman, it, you could have. Because, I mean, she does fucking movies like Birthday Girl around no, the course. same period of time I where have... people are like, I don't know. It's a crappy Nicole Kidman erotic there's, thriller. There's no question. Wow. Right. Like, even if they disliked it, they wouldn't have been like, how
2: dare you? How do you feel about Kidman in this movie, Jordan? Like, you know, the original plan. Probably works. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it probably works, but there is something... I think that Meg Ryan brings something so interesting to it. Like, I... Like, I believe Meg Ryan as an English teacher, I think more than with Nicole that? Kidman Absolutely. as an English teacher. Absolutely. yes. <laughs>
2: Nicole Kidman is like a harder-edged performer. Like, she yes. would maybe a yes. little yes. tougher sell as a sell because, like, there's elements of this character that's kind of, she's a little bit of yes. a yes whatever. And Meg Innocent is, is, Meg is strong, more but...
3: chill. Her presence is more chill than I think that Nicole's would have been.
2: Agree. Meg, Meg Ryan's a much more naturalistic act. Yeah,
3: and yeah. And, like,
2: that's... And I love
3: love Nicole Kidman. I'll watch anything with Nicole Kidman. I ride ride for Destroyer. I think that it's actually really interesting in a situation where, like...
2: You might be on the Destroyer episode, whatever that happens. Not a lot of Destroyer riders out there. No, like, well,
3: this thing is, like, I feel like the Destroyer situation is similar to the Meg Ryan situation with this, which, like, it's Nicole doing something that nobody really expected her to do and nobody really wanted her to do. And just really rejected her. I mean, the makeup didn't help, but just like no. rejected her on it. Whereas, like, yeah, this is something that you would not expect Meg Ryan to do, and I think that there's an easy rejection that comes with that. But I, I think that Nic- I think that Nicole could have done it but I also think that Nicole did Eyes Wide Shut and that was quite enough. Right, in like, right. that's the yeah. Right. She's sort of been in yeah. that
0: zone recently. That's true. The, the movie is better for having Meg Ryan in yeah. it from today's vantage point, but it certainly worked against the movie at the time. And, and yeah. I think Nicole Kidman is, in general, a far more stylized performer. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think this movie is so stylized that it helps to have someone in the center of it who's, like, very raw and understated and gentle. I think that's what discombobulates people a little bit, right? They're like, I don't get it. Is this movie X or is it Y? Because the movie still does have vaguely 7S aesthetics. Like, it it has, like, the color palette of a Francis Bacon painting and the the, the the weird shallow focus and the the jagged editing and all these things. And then to have someone at the center of it who's not sort of steely and holding their own in this femme fatale way... I think made everyone go, like, A, how dare you make us look at Meg Ryan in this light? And B, she feels miscast because she's not matching the energy of the yeah, look of the film. Bad.
3: And it's like, but she is. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. She, she, it's, it's just like the thing is, is that when you have a kind of like noir, not everybody is going to be on the wavelength of that. And that's what's interesting because if everybody's playing the game, then it almost kind of seems like, like, a joke a little yes, bit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely, I, yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about, like, who else I could see in this role. And, like, aside from Nicole Kidman, I would honestly say that, like, Holly Hunter could have done it. I mean, yes. Holly <laughs> right.
2: Hunter could have done this. Holly, Holly,
3: Holly Hunter has a similar. And the yes. thing about Holly Hunter is that, like, I don't think that she had the same like confines in terms of like, no. what people expected people from w- her.
0: People once again might not like. She'd the movie. already done
3: Crash by this point. They
0: wouldn't have rejected it as yeah. as violently. Yeah. But again, that would would have put it more in
2: an art house bucket. Yes. This Whereas, is true. Where it, yeah. it probably just would have been in a different cell. But yeah, this movie probably. I don't know. It's probably not a, probably not going to go over that well.
3: Well, no no. I mean, I I wonder if it's just like it was a bunch of like mainstream audiences watching it and expecting what they usually expect from her, and it's like, yeah, I guess you don't really think about Meg Ryan as an art house performer.
0: Look, this is one of those movies that famously got an F cinema score. And there's that argument that you could now like curate an incredible film festival, a retrospective series of just movies that got Fs from a cinema score. but, But the thing about the F rating is that is solely reflective of audiences feeling betrayed by how the movie was marketed to them, right? Yes, exactly. Because you're gauging people who went to see the movie opening weekend, had that desire to go see it and then feel like they were bamboozled or tricked in some sort of way. That's
2: usually what an F-cinema score suggests. Yes, of course. Like, this is not the movie I was expecting. Right. I thought I was seeing a a
0: fucking cool Brad Pitt crime movie, and I'm watching him do monologues about the economy collapsing. Great movie, but that's Uh, that's like an example. Pumped down to 2,000 screens Solaris, I thought this was like a sci-fi movie. Right. Why is is everyone crying? It (laughs) does make you question, though, like, what you're saying, Jordan, people just don't want to see Meg Ryan doing this. But then you go, what did people think they were buying a ticket for? Like, I understand them being uh, upset. Who knows? I don't understand what, what they thought Look, they were saying. There's just some movies
2: like that that are just not, yes. they're ahead of their time or whatever. They're not sure. for their moment. This movie rules. It had its defenders. Speaking as a little, snotty teenage defender of this movie, it had its defenders at sure. the time, partly, you know, the Jane Campion factor is always huge for that.
0: Manola Dargas wrote a review where she was like, it's kind of the, Best messy movie of the year.
2: Yes. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, it was not universally despised, but obviously it was not a awards contender. And the Meg Ryan thing just sort of dominated the contemporary discussion. And then the year so after much.
0: this, there's, uh, what's it called? Against the Ropes, the Charles S. Dutton boxing trainer movie, mm-hmm. where people are like, what the fuck is this? And then she sort of like is gone for three years. Yeah, she comes back, does in the Valley of Women. That movie doesn't go anywhere. Does the Rim, uh, the Women remake. Like, hasn't done anything in seven years since directing a film. Has mm. done, like, in the last ten years, like, three TV pilots that didn't go, where a couple times networks have been like, it'd be cool to save Meg Ryan, right? Like, we should reclaim her. But it, it, she just really winds down more and more after this movie. The Women was her big commercial play. Her yes. only big
2: commercial play that since I can then. remember since right. then. Right. Um, she was in a curve
0: episode once. Remember, yes. she'll she'll show up in something. it'll She like, did four oh. episodes of Web Therapy, the Lisa Kudrow thing. She
2: was gonna be the yep. Bob Saget of the Gretchen yes. Erwig "How I Met Your Father" yes. that never uh, went beyond the pilot. Oh also... man,
3: that would have been so much better it's, than, it's than a, it's clever yes. idea. Then, than Kim, then what Kim Cattrall is doing, right? It's.
2: Not only, I had no, I have not seen it, but yeah. I, it's I've only, seen
3: the first four episodes.
2: It's that. not only that it's her voice, but you see her, right? Because they're trying not yeah. to get into the box themselves in by filming some kids and then realizing, like, oh, shit, these kids are gonna grow Weird. up and it won't make any So like, you're seeing her on a couch,
3: or no, yeah, you're seeing her on the couch. But I also think the thing is, is that, like, unlike in the original, um, where it was very clear that the kids were gonna turn out to be white, the show keeps on having Hillary, Hillary Duff's like. Dating people who are not white. Oh, so if okay. We That's saw, another right, right. If we, you if can't we saw right. And right, right. when we would know, what even if
0: they shroud pretty,
2: them in darkness like a uh, like they're on CNN just, or whatever, like, like the she's,
0: blowjob scene and then the
3: cut. <laughs> she's literally just looking at a computer screen that we can't see.
0: That's wild. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, no, but I found ridiculous. there were like two other like TV movie quote unquote credits on her IMDb that were pilots that didn't go. Mm. There was some like she's a fucking magazine editor show they tried to do like they've tried to do it a couple times and, and she just is sort of seemingly semi retired now can we talk about Ruffalo a little bit one of, one of the greats. <sighs> I mean he's Let's like get rough
3: what a man
0: and so he's this Hardcore? like theater dude who talks about he like couldn't get hired for so fucking long right this sort of supporting roles in indie movies and then is just has this like insane breakthrough and in you can count on me right great performance this like great fucking movie that gets yeah. Linny who's been respected for a while the oscar nomination and it's a two-hander and everyone's like who the fuck is this guy and immediately everyone perks up and they're like well this is a new leading man mm. well
2: beyond, he got the the brando talk it's that yes. the, anytime someone shows up and gives this sort of mumbly natural performance right and is handsome. Right. There's the immediate kind of like, is this sort of a
0: Brando type? They're like, this guy's earthy, he's sexy, but he's a serious actor, he's got this interesting masculinity. So they start trying to put him in things, right? And he, he talks about, he's getting courted by all these big directors, he's taking just massive meetings, he starts to get put in a couple big studio movies, and then... He has this, like, fucking horrible health crisis.
2: He has a brain tumor. He
0: has a brain tumor. It was like they thought it was an inner ear infection. It becomes a brain tumor, and he's, like, out of commission for, like, two years. Uh, it, I guess it's right... It's a year. He has the brain tumor in 2001. Yeah. So it's right after You Can Count on Me. There's a bunch of stuff he drops out of. Like, he's supposed to be Joaquin Phoenix and signs... Yeah,
2: right. That was the big, that's the big one that I remember. There's another big movie I'm forgetting
0: yet. that he turns down where it, like, he doesn't want people to know that he's sick because it's still a time in Hollywood where people hold that against you. I guess so. So yeah, he like, mean, sort of gets pegged with, like, is this guy torpedoing his career? Why is he dropping out of all these big movies? But in reality, he fucking had a, a very scary experience. Uh, yeah,
2: he had, you know, an operation. He was out of commission for about a year. Obviously, he has some facial paralysis, which right. you you can see to this day. Things
0: that have only made him more compelling and charming as a performer.
2: Uh, he was, I think, deaf in an ear for a while. Yes. Anyway,
0: the whole thing is, you know, that,
2: that's an early... early,
0: But the, he is... This is his comeback movie, Uh, basically. This is my exact point. So it's like... The perception at the time is like, this guy torpedoed his fucking career for this? Like, he dropped out of all these other movies... And this is what he's doing instead? Does he like not want to be a movie star? Sure.
2: Um, and post this, he has this interesting little run of supporting roles that he's really good in. Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. Collateral. He's in just like heaven, which he feels like kind of uncomfortable in, I feel. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and 13 going on 30. Well, he's cute in 13. He's going talked on 30. about
0: that he was just like, A, he wanted to like prove box office viability again by being in hit movies right and b that everyone just said like this is a no-go you're never going to be considered for romantic comedies and he sort of out of spite was like i'll give it a shot he'll give it a shot and then he got stuck in this fucking corridor and it's like he did view from the top 13 going on 30 just like heaven rumor Rumor has it yeah this was a period of time where my brother called ruffalo the mailman because it was like, this guy used to be great acting. I was fucking just mailing it in, standing next to a woman yeah, going, but I, like, love, I-, I don't know. Honey. But you see,
2: I was always, <laughs> again, snotty little guy, but yeah. I was always like in the cut, co- Eternal Sunshine, Collateral. Yes. Like these are two, these are three really weird performances, very different. But he's the-
0: taking supporting roles. Sure. These are interesting directors. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm saying after the Collateral yeah, and yeah, Eternal yeah, Sunshine. Yeah. This is a lead role. Yes.
2: Collateral is the one where I feel like people walked out of that movie not knowing he'd been in it. Right because he looks so different or yeah. and he's not in it that much. And that, you know, like that was just really, mm, right, you know, collateral. You hey, have Reservation
0: a- Road and We Don't Live Here Anymore, which is very middling, but him sort of doing the earnest adult drama thing. Reservation Road was one of those movies that was sort of like, well, that's an you know, Joaquin,
2: Ruffalo, Connelly, right. the an Oscar, be, yeah. Terry George. Right. You know, like, you know, and I was, I've, no one's ever seen that film. No it one's ever seen that Blindness, which was another one where it's like, Oh, that's the follow
0: up from the City of God, Constant Gardner guy, right. Julianne Moore. That'll be big. I would argue Everyone's that. Everyone's blind. Despite it being a flop at the time, Zodiac was the moment where it's like, oh, he's kind of reclaiming the role that we all thought he was going to take. 100%. Right? Kids are All Right is his first Oscar nomination. Right. Like, which is how long point it took. Is, It's sort of like, oh, that feels weirdly overdue for a guy who in 2000 felt like he's about to become. Edward Norton or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. And then for Kids yeah. Are All Right, you're like, it's funny that this was his first nomination. He's hot in such that a, movie like, too. He's very hot, but it's like, he's essentially hot and charming in that movie. He's like, I did four days of work on it. I was in this period where I thought maybe I didn't want to act anymore. He was trying to direct. And he was like, I did like less than a week on this movie and I got this Oscar nomination. And now I guess I'm back. And then he fucking gets Avengers off of that.
2: Pretty much. And like, you know, Shutter Island. Now yes, there's a good
0: run here. Yeah,
2: you know, like yeah, he rules do you like
0: rough apart from
2: Do you like to rough? I mean, are you a general ruffalo fan?
3: I love mark ruffalo i i mean part of it is that i find him to be very hot um so hot. and also i heard that his kids call him papa which i also find very hot i call my father papa. i just Papa. that's just so, there's just something hot about that yeah. no but i love mark i love mark ruffalo he's amazing and, and you can count on me which i actually saw i saw that after in the cut i had never seen it it's, it's like so he's good. so yeah no i think that he's great i think that he has it i'm i am very continues to have it he continues to have it he's always had it he will he will always have it um and i'm very and i will be very happy when i don't when i can watch him do not a marvel i mean like he does do not a marvel i, I would say like a bit, is a appreciate, right is yeah. that he
2: at least he'll consistently do non marvel right. stuff yeah and anytime the marvel stuff comes up he's like
3: yeah i don't know he's like yeah, yeah. yeah but it's <laughs> like but i can still watch like dark waters and right. i can be like yeah that's His my best man right well, there yeah. Yeah. And,
0: i mean and yeah. there david and i talked about this but like in our Space Jam episode, we took stock of the fact that, like, essentially since being brought into Marvel, Don Cheadle has done 10 Marvel things and two Showtime series.
2: Right. He's, he's kind of just doing that. Right.
0: Like, Don a, Cheadle's right. kind of an actor we lost to movies outside of Marvel. Now maybe he's coming back a little bit. Right? But, like, Ruffalo has sort of, like, he's kept things did fairly you balanced. that twin thing he did? I, oh, feel no. like, I feel like uh, no one watched that no one watched that you no. got like an epi for it like, i know it was a thing. <laughs> and it, like he's now had four oscar nominations three three it's Foxcatcher, kids are all right and spotlight they knew they knew they knew uh um, it's funny how everyone was like spotlight's gonna get like fucking three best supporting actor nominations and then it was sort of like cannibalizing each he's other. And he through, was the one who got in because he has the Oscar scene. He does have the like, Oscar Like, no scene. disrespect to him, but he would be like my fourth pick out of that cast. But it speaks to, at that point, everyone was just sort of it's like, a yeah, showy Mark performance. Ruffalo. And it's I remember a, at the Oscars man. that year when everyone's expecting Stallone and they announced Mark, I was like, they're fucking giving Ruffalo the career achievement. I, for that second, when they said Mark, I was like, it's Ruffalo. Wow.
2: Well, it wasn't. It was Ryan. It wasn't. It was Mark Ruffalo. Um, Mark Ruffalo, Another is guy's so hot. His
0: penis sucked on camera. That's true.
2: Yeah, Mark Ruffalo is so hot that slipping that in on this episode, we were just Because <laughs> it's a about movie about blowjobs. It. it is a movie that begins with a blowjob. Yeah, basically, uh, it's pretty much the first thing in the movie is uh, fr- Franny, uh, Franny yes. Avery. Yes, is meeting a student. She's a high school teacher, right? Or is she like a? Is this? Is just. I, right?
3: Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I was trying to figure out. Yeah. I thought that it was community college. I think that's it might what be I thought. community
2: college. That's what right, I right. yeah. like, that was Her students idea. are fairly young, but they do look older than, yes. like, you know, teenager teenagers. Right.
3: Yeah, Cornelius looks like. He looks
2: like 20. Yeah, yeah he looks right. like 20. Okay, so she. All right. yeah. she's a writing teacher, kind of, right? Like she's an English yes. teacher, but I feel like she's a writing, mm-hmm. you know, like she's a creative writing concentration. She's talking yeah. to Cornelius at a bar. I guess that's another indication that he's not seventeen years old. Right. They're at a bar. Yes. yes. Um and and she sees this sort of she like walks back into the back of the bar and sees like uh a woman sucking a guy's dick, and she, you know, there's like blue fingernails mm-hmm. and the the guy has the tattoo. Like that those are the only right. details, right?
0: Yes. It's, it's all Otherwise, mysterious. It's shadow. Right. Um, but it but this is shot like Anytime they show up and see the new dead body in Seven. Like, I, 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 right. you know what i Like, the Seven analogy is interesting. Um, now, Griff. Yeah.
4: You're, you're downtown Griffy Nooms.
0: It is what they call me.
4: This yeah. is a movie that's very much centered in downtown Manhattan. Yes,
0: it's very much a, a an east, lower east side. Oh, east south. South. so this right. bar, that's what I just yeah. felt like we yeah. have to say, because mm. this bar
4: um they is like a recurring sort of like setting in the movie um it is so lower east side yes even just down to like you go to the bathroom in the basement and it is they're always truly terrifying and it looks like you're going to get murdered there
0: i'll say this uh the euro turned 21 i lived on second avenue and sixth street And I'm very glad that timed out the way it did because I feel like at the exact moment that I could legally go to any bar I wanted to, I got the final wave of all those bars before they closed down. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just all those fucking incredibly grimy in the cut. Has someone been murdered here tonight? Or people having sex in that booth (laughs) bars. I got before all of them got turned into fucking city banks. Truly. Um, But yes, it is is interesting to watch this movie now because it captures such a specific moment of... Uh, the, the the lower east side is still genuinely grimy. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, and I have noticed. Um, in some, uh, I I really don't like reading negative reviews of movies that I like. Like, I don't like like that's not something that I enjoy. But I did mm-hmm. suffer through a few of them for sure. this one. And the way that they talked about New York is just like it's a fake kind of like seventies esque New York, and it's like it, it's, and I'm just like. I mean, no, not really. I mean, it's it's shot in a very stylized way, but it looks more like New York than a lot of movies set in New Absolutely. York.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show. I feel like we invoke whenever we talk about sort of old New York movies or new New York movies or whatever it is. But there's this point in which I think between Seinfeld and uh, fucking Sex and the City. Mm the public's idea of New York radically changes. Sure. And it's also Giuliani's coming out and he's like, Disney Store, Times Square, and everyone's just like, New York isn't scary anymore. Sure. At best, the tough guys are a walk-on part in one scene and they give you business and you tell them to fuck off. And like, all of New York is Magnolia Bakery now. Well, I think that, like, large swaths of
2: New York were, right, were sort of being cleaned quote unquote, cleaned up, right? You, you have a, a certain amount still... of shows that
0: are very selectively covering certain neighborhoods and establishments, and it starts to, as wild the mayor's getting out there and saying that he's cleaning it up, and I think it is well that in 2003, people were like, what is this fake, dangerous New York well, he created? And a novel like pretty fair representation of what New York felt like. In the the novel is set in the West Village. Um, because it was written in the nineties.
2: Sure. And Campion changed it to the Lower East side.
0: Because West Village had already been totally bradshawed at this point. That, because right, yeah. she's
2: like the 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 it's a little more, you know. Yeah. So like there's there's that danger she obviously wants to seek out. Mm-hmm. Um Ruffalo uh is playing. I mean, there of course you know, like he's playing a very specific type of cop that I think, you know, he's He's doing the thing where he like did a hundred hours shadowing these guys, yeah. these like scumbags, you know, as had the uh, as had um, Susanna Moore, like the author of the mm-hmm. book, like she'd spent tons of time and like riding around and going to crime scenes. And, and like they basically had this takeaway of like these men are kind of doing whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like this, they're it's kind of frightening, but yes. also undeniably they have a lot of attraction. Like they're very attractive to people because they have this kind of like, no one's fucking checking in on. them, Right. Which I is mean, why they're like both hot and really scary. This which is I mean, like, the
0: whole fucking dynamic yeah. of this movie. And it's it like in a microcosm, the, uh, this movie's whole expl- exploration of sexuality and power dynamics in general is like this weird thin line between like hot and scary. Um, he is just so bizarrely good at both playing cops, which he's done a lot, in right. different modes, right? Detectives,
2: but also like, yes. uh, in, in Collateral, right? He's this like sort of slick in, back.
0: in know, fucking uh, Shutter Island. Mantra,
2: oh, he's a federal marshal. He's a duly appointed mm, federal right, marshal. Right,
0: right. Um, <laughs> but, but also, he is incredibly good at playing New Yorkers, right? Yeah, like you look okay. at shit like Margaret. Where you're just like he really gets like New York specificity. He isn't playing some one he's, size fits all. Quote he's like f-
2: from Wisconsin, and right. like I think he spent his teen years in like Virginia or whatever. He's certainly not a New Yorker at all. And like, he's like, like yeah. a very
0: gentle, politically pretty radical guy. I and you're like he's always like
2: riding. I imagine him like riding up to me on a skateboard and asking me if I like you know want to sign his fracking it's petition. Like very
0: crunchy. I think his wife's name is like Sunshine. <laughs> but like it's he's so weirdly good at playing both Sunrise.
2: Pots. Had to I correct was you there. Pretty, you were pretty fucking close, close <laughs> my
0: man. He's so weirdly good at New Yorkers and cops, and is this the only time he's played a New York cop? Huh? Uh, I guess so. So he's like um, so he's fucking bringing it all together, and he's arguably in peak hotness at this point. I think
2: he's so hot again, Jordan. I don't. I mean, you, we agree that he's hot, but I feel like at the time. People were like, ah, this. what's this, like, porn stash he's got or whatever? What's this whatever, voice he's whatever, doing? Whatever, you know whatever.
3: These people, listen, listen, I don't understand people, what is I mean, wrong. I? Like, this is, like, as a as a professionally horny ex-Baptist person, mm. I truly do not understand. Everybody sounds so puritanical. It's like, oh, he's got a mustache, and he's talking about eating <laughs> pussy. And it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, watching him eat Meg Ryan's pussy? And it's th- hot.
2: That is hot. It's hot. And then and- get on top of her and like hold her shoulder and all that. That's all super hot. But then I would say almost as hot as then him post sex recollecting on the older lady with the big bush who taught him how to eat pussy and like, you know, like, in this like weird mix of like macho and
0: vulnerable, you know what I mean? Like, where he's like, I kind of don't want to talk about this, but you can tell like he kind of wants to talk about this. The hottest thing for me, the thing that I don't know if I've ever seen a movie depict is like, oh, wow, that was some sex we just had there. Can like, we dissect the sex who we told just had? You, who told you how right, to do that? Right, and he's that. like, let me tell right. you about that sex we just had. <laughs> and then he starts having sex with her again, and I'm like, right back into it?
2: The shot of him laying there naked, obviously, like, so I have the DVD which has the unrated cut, which, like, this movie is sort of weirdly... Hard to, there's no Blu-ray of it, except for, as we discussed, there's the weirds.
0: Do you know about this, for There is oh, Six Degrees, six of, degrees Kevin
2: of Kevin Bacon. I hands. have it. Right.
3: Right. Oh, I have it. The weirdest <laughs> <No>. <laughs> set
2: of all time. Does that have the unrated? Ad- I, I I didn't I, check. I don't, I I don't really know. I really don't
3: know, because I also have it I also have it on DVD. Yes. So, right, right, right. So, yeah, no, I don't know. I'd have to check. But that one That one is so wild, because it's got Hollow Man. Flatliners. Um, flatliners. Um,
0: it's Abandoned. It's The, the it's, big
3: picture. Is it, is it, wait a second, is it like Trapped? Is trapped. It, trapped. trapped, I'm sorry. I was got abandoned and trapped Yes, confused. I can't believe that. I, I used to mix up Trapped and Panic Room all the time. It's like and one, one the of the them has was. Kevin Bacon and one of them has Jared Leto.
0: <laughs> it is a weirdly blank checky box set. It's wild. It, like for how is, disparate the films are. It's, it is yeah. a several, yeah. fairly good encompassing. Oh, and it's
3: got Where the Truth Lies, That Adam right.
2: <laughs> Exactly. The threesome movie, the, yeah. the like, what if Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra fucked you movie? That's right. what that movie is. That's, yes. Um, it's just bananas. Yeah. Uh, Like exclude the big picture and swap in one more kind of horny bacon movie. Sure. Like, you know, because it's not giving you like the other sides of bacon, the other <laughs> sides of bacon. Yes. But it is a good encompassing of like, I guess they throw in, like, wild things, right? Erotic like, yeah. You know, like, that would be, like, uh, it's a fairly good
0: sweep of those. Mean, it's just wild yeah. that it's a Campion, a Verhoeven, mm-hmm. a Schumacher, mm-hmm. a fucking Nagoyan, Christopher Guest. guest. <laughs> right. I, I don't and know then, who made Trapped. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Jimmy Carter? Luis
2: <laughs> Mandoki. Oh, right. Yes. The guy who did, like, Angel Eyes. and yes. Oh, he did When a Man Loves a Woman.
0: Right? Okay. Um, anyway. Um, uh, uh, I, I will say I, I think this is where you were going with this David yeah I was watching it on Netflix at a convenience
2: yeah it's on Netflix right the now. Netflix
0: yeah. compression is so bad that I was like I'm gonna switch over and put my disc in because I don't want to lose any dick in this Well, also, <laughs> like, it was the, so crunchy and the movie's the, so shadowy it is, but the American
2: cut has a little, like it chops little bits here and there yes. so you don't, right, you know, because they've got an NC-17. I
0: believe the Blu-ray is the unrated version, but I might be wrong. Um,
2: that. You know, uh, yeah. Campion's line about the NC-17 rating was, uh, how do you know your film's going to get uh, past the rating? You don't know until you try. So mm. she, you know, she submitted what she submitted mm-hmm. and they cut out, they cut out like the visible penis in the blowjob right. scene they, and they cut out a little bit of Ruffalo Dick. Yeah. But the, the shot of him lying there, all casual. Very casual. Naked. Yeah and her she's standing there and she's taking her dress off and he's like Down. pick those off and she shakes her head you don't see that in hollywood no. movies like it, it is there, there's like a you know it it is not just like let's get to business you know what i mean like that there's actual foreplay uh depicted in the movie in a non, in, in a in a non sort of goofy or scary way like it's not there to build the tension or there to you know like it's extremely real
4: it's, it's there th- to
0: emphasize his prowess their intimacy can i read this meg ryan quote please so this is her at the toronto Film festival before the movie is uh declared uh the movie uh, doesn't go over well, right a class five uh health threat to the public um uh she they're they're asking her about doing the sex scenes which of course like before the movie came out was already the talking point you know right uh when i think people were a lot of people do that what are you supposed to say
4: it, it's I don't know I mean, this, nice
2: do this is one of the that. ultimate examples of though, like a Meg Ryan publicity I mean the, the Michael right. Parkinson interview the being the most famous where people just keep asking her like well, how could you do something like
0: this well and I think with movies like this there was always this thing of like will the American public pay because they've always secretly wanted to see her <laughs> sure. naked right. and she was in this weird zone where it's like no Meg Ryan has to remain like a cupie doll for me yeah. like she has to be I just think the public did not want to have to engage with her as a woman with wants and needs in any way.
3: And she's so hot in this. Like I was yes. told, like the way that people talk about her body it's in reviews, insane. it's insane. Really like what working. are you and even her talking face, about? Everyone's
0: just like, she's too old, she shouldn't be doing this. This is embarrassing. She
3: it it's so it just speaks to how puritanical America is. Yes. Because like Isabel like Isabel Hooper could do this in her fucking sleep, man and we would all and once, we would once and we,
2: again, right? Then then they're like,
0: "Oh, well, I know what that is." But these but are right, people,
3: right. it's like yeah. fucking Holly
0: Hunter did The Piano early on. Kidman did Dead Calm early on. It's like if if you are able to make that part of your reputation from the beginning, people will continue to accept you doing that and they won't accept it this late. Um, but I also think it's this thing that I think uh I, I think this is true of The Piano as well. I mean, several movies in particular, but like she's talked about how fascinating she is by watching people who are naked because it's like there's an awkwardness to it, right? Sure. Of your physicality when you're that exposed. But I also think as opposed to so many nude scenes in movies that are like so composed and sort of like choreographed and all this sort of shit, she will hold on shots. So in this way, like Ruffalo, what you were saying about him just laying out fucking casually, but like Ryan too, you watch like the physics of their bodies changing as they move which is a thing that you realize you don't see in movies that is like, yeah, everyone looks different sitting than they do standing up than they do lying down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's asked uh, on the red carpet or whatever while fucking promoting this movie at Toronto about doing the nude scenes. As you said, ben, one of these questions where it's like, how, what the fuck are you supposed to answer? So were you comfortable doing the nude scenes? And she's saying like, you know, she would have preferred not to do it, but like, you know, she felt like she trusted Campy and all this. And she said, I think the scenes are really good though. I think they're very honest. Jane didn't want them to be coy, so I don't think they are at all. And I love how much dialogue is in those scenes. That's what makes them really intimate.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Agree
0: with that. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And we're all right. like agreeing, the hottest fucking moment in the movie is the two of them talking in between the first two times they fought. But it's all pretty hot. Oh, yeah. I think. Yes. Yes. Uh,
2: I also love that Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Uncredited. Uncredited in a fairly small role. And I think Kevin Bacon is so handsome and I love love him him. as an actor playing the worst, least attractive guy in the world. He's
0: playing a a text from your ex post.
2: The way he's styled, the way he's inexplicably shirtless a lot, the dog everything about how he seemingly appears in the middle of a conversation he's been having with someone his
0: energy is always wrong he He is is always misreading the he's too light when he should be serious he's too serious when he should be light. he's the worst new york city boyfriend like he
4: encapsulates that in some way like i feel like i know so many people have dated guys
0: he feels like a fucking instagram screenshot of just like this is this insane thing this guy sent to me after one fucking tinder date Uh, (laughs) right like all of his dynamics of like threatening to put the dog down it's unless like, she takes it. And it's like, what are you talking? We don't have a
3: relationship. He, like, oh my God, him just like walking up to randomly and it's like, Dude, will you have sex with me? I'm going fucking insane. Yes. <laughs> And also
0: the idea that he was a soap opera actor who played a doctor that now is in medical school. This is... But it's not presented as like a noble thing of like, he realized he wanted a more substantive job. It's almost like he got off on people viewing him as a doctor. He's like, oh, I should oh, do this for fucking real. absolutely. You know?
3: Absolutely. And this guy, like, and after like fucking Meg Ryan, it's like, okay, well, maybe I should just fuck your sister Jennifer Jason Lee. Like, it's this so is fine. so insane, right? And you're like... <laughs> Is this some
0: weird negging move from him or does he actually have this little tact that he doesn't think that's a fucking bananas thing to say after you've broken into this I think he has no tact, right?
2: Right. I do think, but like he's also, obviously he's there as a red herring kind of, obviously. That's like, although he's so ridiculous that it's hard to think like, oh yeah, this is the guy, right? Like it would be too obvious. Um, But um, I just applaud Bacon for being like, yeah, I'll do that. What three scenes of me just being unpleasant, like yeah. in a funny way? Like so
3: it's, he loves it's funny. He loves a it. He loves being unpleasant in movies, and good for him. He's very good at it.
0: There's the profile guide. I don't remember where it was from, but I read it. But it was in the early '90s, I think, when <sighs> Tremors was coming out. About how he just made the choice where he's like, "I'm ninth on the list." Right, right. I'm. I'm, a not, movie I'm star? never gonna hop. Brad Pitt or whatever, Tom Cruise, right? And he's like, I would rather be like the best character actor and just hand myself over to great directors and be like, I have no ego about how small the part is. I want like, I I want the fucking part in a few good men rather than being turned down for the Tom Cruise role. You Mm, know, right? Yeah. Give me like fifth build. Let me be on credit. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And and being freed by no longer needing to like play the game of the rat race, but also like I get to play weird, unsavory characters now. And not be told that it's digging my quote because you still need to be the guy above the title who can sell a movie with some sort of accessible movie star persona. This is, I think, the cornerstone of why he's like your favorite actor is just that pivot that is just so unconventional for someone in his position to do
2: I think yeah. I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's the other reason the Six Degrees things exist that because was
0: he's the, willing to be an ensemble guy. But it meant yeah. that
2: someone taught that game to me when I was little. Like, like oh, yeah. there's this actor Kevin Bacon. You may have seen him in a movie. Yeah. Like, and he's in all these movies. Right. And so I started to do it like, where I would learn what movies he was in so I yeah. could play the game. Yeah. But then I started watching the movies and I was like, he pops in every movie he's
0: yeah. in even yeah. if he's the seventh lead or yeah. he's the star. Yeah. Anyway, I love Kevin Bacon. He's very good at identifying so what the like the most fun role for him to play would be in any film.
2: Uh, yes. Um. Anyway. Anyway. So, she sees this beech in a bar. Mm-hmm.
0: While she's there with her student.
2: Yeah. Uh, while she's there with her student, it's sort of thrilling and frightening. Right. And then not long after there's a murder and a limb gets dumped in her garden uh-huh. and a cop shows up.
0: Kevin Bacon's also just sort of hanging Kevin out. Kevin Bacon's garden. hanging out. It's yeah.
2: hot outside. Right. She's seeing Subway poetry and writing it down. Yeah. That's what i trying to think things. of, like, some of the elements that are floating in the air. Like, this is one reason this movie discombobulated people, I think. Yes. like, as much as it is a murder mystery and a sex thriller, yeah. it doesn't proceed,
0: like, with total narrative ordinariness. No. And our, our friend, uh, uh, Raisin Tori, friend of the podcast, um, worked on this movie as, like, a, uh intern uh, PA in the art department. Yeah. And said, like, she had, like, a fucking. 300 page lookbook for this movie right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that he was just kind of obsessed with and had never seen someone who had sort of uh, that depth of sort of like um, sort of visual vision for a movie and that the thing was where so many lookbooks are like here are other shots from movies that this is going to be like because there's so much trying to frame to other people like here are things you know can be done in this medium or to sell to people like it'll be like this other movie you know her lookbook was like all different types of art, like so many different weird influences. Right. That that she's throwing so much shit in the pot here stylistically. I think that's confusing to people. But yes, I mean, it's just like reading the Wikipedia synopsis, the plot synopsis of this uh, movie. Where what the fuck was this? Um, it's, it's one of those things where once again, I step back and I'm like, I understand why some people think this movie is weird. Paragraph two is, Like, it's like, you know, she stands there watching and though it's dark can see a three of spades tattoo on the man's wrist and the woman's blue fingernails. That's, you know, opening paragraph, setting up the movie, erotic thriller, Mm. normal. Paragraph two. Periodically, as she rides the subway, Franny reads poems that appear on posters in the subway cars which seem to have bearing on her own life. New paragraph. Several days later, Detective Giovanni Malloy. (laughs) You're like, right, that's a whole fucking element in this thing. It's a good element. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I love the subway poetry. I also just love I love it when the subway looks like the fucking subway. It's the real subway. Like, yeah. Stolen
0: shots as opposed to sort of a fake commission car. Right.
2: And it's like that weird sense of New York is she's like searching for inspiration in various areas of her life. New York is this kind of bubbling cauldron. And like subway poetry is funny because it can be very profound. It's also super mundane. Right. Like it's just, you know, on a subway car. I like, feel
0: like it's disappeared a little I bit. I know. I miss it. It's still you know. Right. You know, They still have. Right. It was yeah. like by the MTA. They now everything this on campaign. the subway is just wear your mask. Right. <laughs> like, but, uh, but it yeah. was poetry in motion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just have poems that would get swapped out every six months on subway cars. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, again, just whatever. Next, like sandwiched in between Doctors is more ads. Okay.
3: Mm. You will- Could we uh, talk a little bit about Jennifer Jason Lee? Yes. My f- One of my favorite people. She's another one who is just like, no, I don't need to be a leading lady. Absolutely, (laughs) I will do
2: this. This is interesting. I will, I will
3: do, I will do single white female, and I will kill. She's so good at that. She's
2: incredible in that movie. Obviously, she,
3: yeah. That
2: is a high point commercially for her. I feel like, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely that was the the
0: closest maybe she ever came to like having a movie star thing, right? Yeah, that could have been like quantified and replicated. I guess yeah. so.
2: I mean, there's the early, there's the fast times. You know, the early, oh yeah, right. which yeah, I yeah, feel yeah.
0: like we both would have.
2: She great in that movie.
0: Fucking obviously. given her an Oscar nomination that year.
2: But right? at this point, yeah, like what's what's Jennifer Jason Lee up to? She she's did like the anniversary party, shit. right?
0: Road to Perdition. didn't that. Yeah, is the year before this? Right.
2: I guess she, right. She had that hot '90s early, like where she's right. in like. Georgia and Mrs. Parker and the Vicious, like, right? Where she's City. in like these talky, right. interesting. Indie That's the movies. period where right.
0: critics are like, "Is she the best actress in America?" Like, definitely. And I think a lot of it was just also her choices, yeah, and and her representing different types of women who weren't in movies. She she's, sort of came synonymous with that idea. Yeah, in this, she is.
2: Uh, She's Meg Ryan's chaotic sister, I guess is uh-huh. the best way to put it, right? I don't I, know.
3: Yeah, man, I love her, I and mean, I love how casually they talk about her antics. <laughs> that she's, she's
2: got good antics. She's
3: just she's just fucking this married doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ste- <laughs> stealing his suits from the dry cleaners. Then, like, she just casually is just like, oh yeah, I gotta go to court. There's a restraining order. <laughs> she's a, she's
0: a more gentle sweetie. Yeah. Yes. 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 And
2: like. But there's an appeal to Franny. Like, right? Yes. Like, they're, they're, again,
0: this is sort of like a side of her that she's not unlocking uh, Meg Ryan's character. But also, once again, it's like Jennifer Jason Lee is comfortable in this milieu. If you're an audience member watching this movie, you're like, yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee fits into this universe. Yes. Right? She right. She's, makes sense. I accept her in these images. I think it's part of what they're calling out that it's like eh, Meg Ryan is aware of this world existing.
2: And she yeah, has been right. adjacent but she's sort to sort
0: of it, on the outside of but it. But at right. arm's length. You of Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love I him. So nice Patrice, see him. Great yeah.
3: use of Patrice O'Neill here. Locked in,
2: I would Very, say.
0: Yes. Uh
2: and
3: that's that, that, that so cl- good that you like you forget that it's him.
2: <laughs> you do. You kind of every time you're like, I forgot he's in this. Like <laughs> uh that's a real club, that club okay. that she lives above. That was yep. on Church Street and like white, you know, right by the tombs, right by the prison. Yeah. Down David looked at me.
4: By the way, just for the listener at home, <laughs> um,
2: continue. Have you been to the tombs? No, no. Okay. I've been to the tombs. I know you have. Yes, I know. It's been discussed. Fake I feel ID, like, baby. Um, but uh, you know that you know that weird sort of no zone. It's still a weird area of New York between yes. Canal Street and and uh, Chambers Street. Yes, where there's the prison and the courts. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of like bail bondsmen. And there's, like,
0: the, the on-ramps to the two bridges. Yeah, it's just a bit of an odd area. It's anyway, so, like, that's weird. that Center area. There's, yeah. like,
4: a yes. lot of jewelry places. Yeah, you know, yes. Like, the fringe of Chinatown. The fringe of Chinatown.
2: There's some good Vietnamese right. places on White Street. Still are. Um, but anyway, so, like, that's where that is. Mm-hmm. That's where she okay. lives. Anyway, so she's got the chaotic sister. Mm-hmm. And this cop comes and questions her. And he's got a creepy partner. Yeah, uh, Played by Nick
0: Demichi. I right. don't know that guy. He is mostly known as a screenwriter now. He like co-wrote all of Jim Mickle's movies and he's the mm-hmm. star of the Stakeland movies.
2: Yeah. Not a not a not a series I know. Yeah, he's he's I like, have no like idea what genre stuff, right? Yeah. He made that movie, he wrote that movie Bushwick that's like is it a one-take movie, right? It's like the Dave no, Bautista. No, you're
0: confusing. It's it's a Survive the Night movie, but it's not a one-take movie. Oh, but okay. I think it was
2: one take. Anyway, but yeah, but it's right, it's like yeah, it's called Bushwick, but it's like a genre movie with like zombies or something, right? There's, Invasion it's, of there's aliens. There's
0: apocalyptic or... th- uh, threat, and right, right. he's got to get her across. It's, 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 funny that it's almost like a Children of Men sort of uh, thing. But yeah, Jim Mickle's like a, a good uh, direct, Cold in July, We Are What We Are. Uh, this dude wrote all of those movies. Well, he's yeah.
2: he's here, uh, and but anyway, like. Is it that like he asks her out and she kind of rebuffs him and then when she gets attacked on the street and hit by the car, that's when she has him over, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. It's another interesting thing this movie does that her like bruises develop over time. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she comes out of the car accident with the scrape on the cheek and then the next day she wakes up and she has the black eye. One thing
4: about the attack sequence, there is a horrible fake scream. Oh, sure. Like canned scream. Is it a Wilhelm? I might, it might as well be. You're like referencing yeah. some like really old scream. There's a
0: famous scream that like everyone fucking uses, and it went from just being like, oh, it's an easy royalty free stock scream. And now it's like an in joke with directors sometimes or editors or whatever, sound mixers. Well, but it's like a we'll, ah! we'll, we'll, we'll put it <laughs> in Star you're Wars. Hearing uses it. it like whenever a fucking stormtrooper falls or whatever. Sure. No, you're hearing it Homes right now. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but, uh, I assume she's being attacked by look spoiler alert mm-hmm. his partner is the killer in this movie. Yes. Is David, he atta- come on. What's is, is he attacking her there like is it happening okay, right so then? Okay, so
3: the way in which the killer is deployed in this movie is so wild to me because like now that I've seen it so many times mm-hmm. I realize yeah that's you know that's absolutely him getting his dick sucked in the beginning. Yes. And it is absolutely him. There's the scene in the coffee shop. Where um Jennifer Jason Lee and Meg Ryan are like talking and there's a table behind them and he's just sitting there.
2: Wow. For like that's interesting. It,
3: oh yeah, you miss him in the front. Right. He sits there and he listens for as long as he needs to, gets the information that he needs. Like I think he needs to know where she's staying or something. And then like we cut away and we cut back, and the table that he was sitting at is empty. But yes, no, he's in there. <laughs> yeah. it's, and and it's I so
2: the tattoo is some kind of cop. Brotherhood sure. thing. Like, yeah, it's not right. to do with him being a serial killer. Right. That's just that it, fucking cops and firefighters are always getting right. these like specific it's tattoos just, yeah, of like, right. we're the kinship yeah, fucking. Right, yeah, yeah, right, that's, yeah. what, that's why but, he's the red, Mark Ruffle is the red hair. But, but it's right. Yeah. I, yeah.
3: I, yeah. But I do think that that is him that attacks her because yes, he's trying to on. figure out how to. How to, like, he's just, yeah, yeah, so you find out that he's just been following her throughout this movie
0: it's been (laughs) happening He's such, like, an openly misogynistic, loud, unpleasant (laughs) He, he like, tried to kill his wife or something? He tried
3: to kill his wife because she, because she threw out a statue that he, (laughs) that he, like, won for some kind of, like, a uh, Latino kind of statue. I'm not right, really like sure. Right, like, whatever.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. some some award. But it's but like I mean, yeah. like, so he doesn't get a gun. And I'm like, oh,
0: great. He's still a cop, but he just doesn't get a gun. This is the just, funny thing, though. Like, okay. this movie is playing on our relationship to watching thrillers like that. Right. Like this, in the sense that, like, you're like, hmm, who could it be? Ruffalo, this tender man with a sort of dark aggression to him, right? Right. And then, like, or, like, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon, this fucking like oddball creep who sometimes explodes with temper and has boundary issues. I mean, for Campion to
2: have bacon in her movie and not show his dick, the, the restraint, it's, I, it's I, wild. I'm, I'm
0: almost offended to but. not to not put a strip on the pan and let it sizzle. Um, but but this guy, Nick Demetri, you look at him and you're like, well, it's not this guy's too obvious. Right. Like this he's guy's just, just like this guy he's sucks. He's a fucking wife beater. He's an asshole. He's a misogynist. They took his gun he's away the and the one like, who well, wouldn't be the killer because but, he's already too awful.
2: But he's also the contrast where it's like, oh yeah, like right. you know, ruffle's character might be rough around the edges, but he's sensitive and that's right. interesting. Right. Or you're whatever, just you know, like, if
0: a guy is this coded up front of being like a problem, then you're like, well, he's not the killer, because then there's no mystery here. Well, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: exactly. Um, and then they right, but uh she gets accosted mm-hmm. she gets hit by a cab and fleeing goes back to her
3: the
4: apartment cab says i didn't hit you
3: oh man i love that so just, realistic he's just like i didn't hit you uh, uh i didn't do anything wrong but i'll give you a ride home <laughs> you hit me
2: <laughs> right
3: you yeah really we're equal
2: forces here yeah. uh, she goes home and she you know does order the best medicine you can get after a bad night out A from Ruffalo? Yeah, just like a fucking night with Ruffalo. Uh, And they have this very steamy, like, you know, we we just talked about it. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. It's so hot. The foreplay is hot. The sex itself is also hot. Like, I appreciate that. Yes. It is distinct hotness to both and then to the Well, they had that conversation
0: afterwards where it's like, I think, I've never been with a man. Every man I'm with tells me what he wants and how to do it. Right. And and I don't think I've ever been with someone who's like asked the same of me or whatever it is. I'm fucking sure. paraphrasing poorly. You know uh, what I'm saying? And
2: she's finally got yeah. a story for her sister too, because yeah. your sister's always the the you know the one with the stories.
0: Who knows if uh, the lunatics uh, submitting IMDb trivia can be trusted? Mm. Uh, but but here are two stats that are here listed under spoilers that I find interesting. Franny Meg Ryan spends forty percent of the film in her underwear and nude. I don't know if that's true. Detective that seems not true. Malloy Mark Ruffalo spends 20% of the Where are these there.
2: numbers coming from? I don't know. That's not true. But she's certainly naked in the movie plenty, which is great.
4: Yes. Uh nudity is great. Um, Who is doing clothes math? Exactly. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's the creep.
3: People on IMDb just that's that's a wild place. I'm glad that the message boards don't exist anymore.
0: Uh, As Campion says, I'm sorry. I'm just checking who submitted this fact. It's Detective Richie Rodriguez. (laughs) As Campion says, it's the kid. He's the character. character. Oh, okay. Got I'm it. joking that he's uh, not going to be used, which not, he is the sick fuck. As does Campion some says, <laughs>
2: stop, stop,
0: hush. Dr. Chase
2: Meridian because she chases Batman. Um, he's not blindly fumbling in there. He's working his way to pleasuring her. He's paying attention to being, and to be paid attention to is a really beautiful feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, obviously, to have movies with that, that kind of intimate sex, because, like, with Basic Instinct, I love Basic Instinct. Yes. But the, the, the undertone of every sex scene of Basic Instinct is, is she about to murder
0: him? Right. right? Like, or whatever. Like, is this right. about to go over something? crazy so edge? over. I mean, it's like, it, the sex in Basic Instinct is, like, a parody of sex. A hundred percent. It's like yeah. the fucking sex scene from Hot Shots It's two. Well, it's like, it, I mean, it obviously it was directed by the great Paul Verhoeven,
2: but sometimes it feels like it was directed by, like, a glittering diamond or whatever. Right. Like, something where you're just, like, a, the fakest thing, you know. Right, right. Um, in the cut the sex is very intimate and real. Mm-hmm. And then you're, then it's like, okay, back to my murder case where someone is like cutting heads off yes. of women and like putting grisly. them in plastic bags. And like, <laughs> like this, yeah. like really, and like putting a ring on them, you know, like there's this whole serial killer What's the
0: term pattern. She asks him not dismembered, but he uses a term. He uses, Oh, Did, fuck. What
3: uh, it, uh, uh, Disarticulated. Yes, Ooh. that is it. Yeah, there's something about that.
0: Uh,
2: and like the, you know, the later there's that thing where he's sort of he's like she, he's cutting through the esophagus, the yeah, oh, glottis, the t- like right. he's cutting on it. This guy likes blood, and I think that stuff is really good in this movie because yeah. he's not saying it in that kind of whatever you know, cop with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, like steam rising, super dramatic. He's saying it in a more mundane matter of fact. Way. Yeah, well, and it's yeah, like,
0: that's what's scary is for a guy like this how you can become desensitized to this and this what, is a job. Yeah, that's he's able, what, able to look at it and clinically go, I understand what's going on here and then makes her go, is he a sociopath? <laughs> that's what the, Susanna Moore said about yeah. her experiences shadowing
2: the detectives. Like, it's a different from a beat cop where you're like, you know, the detectives, it's like, she's like, it's no way to live. You're only yes. visiting these fucking insane crime scenes <laughs> that are so
0: Ghastly. Right. Yeah.
2: And like, so obviously, you have to turn parts of your brain off, right? Like, you know, like just
0: to deal with it. I mean, everyone makes fun of the sort of like iced tea meme of like, you're telling me that this show <laughs> where he's still, he's been on the case right? He's been 20 years. years. But I truly, like, think some guy likes to diddle himself thinking about cupcakes. You know, that, that <laughs> whole thing. I truly believe that is because it is harder to relate to a character who's like, oh, yeah, one of these.
3: Yeah. Versus right. like Seems that insane. guy who's right. still just like,
0: this fucking makes me angry and I'm perplexed. Yeah.
3: It's like, I mean, this is a dude with kids. This is a dude with an ex-wife. He's sleeps got other on things. the couch, sleeps on the couch. Right. Like, he's just he's not going to he can't just go into work every day and put his whole heart into it. Like, it's just, right. He's got other shit to do.
0: No, but also you do anything long enough and it's like, it just, it becomes the reality of
3: your life. Yeah. There's, you know? Uh, yeah. A part
0: later
4: in the movie when Meg Ryan is like, you were thinking about like this ghastly murder while we were just sleeping together. He's like, it's just, it's on my mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just a
3: reality yeah. for him. Yeah. Like, even but, she
0: is like, that is sick, man. Right. Yeah.
3: It's like like, at at
0: any point in time you can ask me, I'm thinking about opening quotes, you know, (laughs) it's my job. I'm on the Of course. (laughs) Right. 24 seven. It's not like I just like struggle to pull up an opening quote five minutes after we agreed to start recording the episode. I'm thinking about it all the time.
2: Um, I'm I'm sort of looking through the dossier to see if I mean, there's just so much. Meg Ryan just clearly loved making this movie, loved yes. working with Jane Campion, yeah. loved doing something different. I and think she's like, very
0: positive. Here we go. Like, here's my bridge to the next stage of my career, and everyone's like, bridge has been shut down. Chris Christie's come in. He's fucking exploded. It's like, this
3: it's so wild because like you know, I feel like when when we have like filmmakers like Jane Campion, these these female filmmakers who are like. You know, really trying to go for something different, really trying to give actresses something else to do. and they get so excited to work with yes. them. and then everybody acts so fucking weird. like, why are you doing because this is a job. Like it's like I would get bored doing the same Absolutely. thing over and over again. And like, as a person who has finally met Jane Campion, the moment that I met her, I was just like, "I want you in my life
0: <laughs> it, it, yeah, yes, it is just kind of astonishing that the piano worked so well. Sure. And the Holly Hunter casting and piano, which seems in many ways as bug nuts, looking at where her career was at that point, as this just totally fucking worked for everyone. Yeah. It's like this bizarre thing where someone makes like entire career of movies that are all very much of a piece, even if they're tonally, stylistically different. And one time everyone's like, yes, we all can get behind this. And the other time people are like, what the fuck are you doing? You know?
2: Absolutely. Um, I want to say something else about the sex scenes here that is so good. Please. Mm-hmm. Apparently, during the filming, mm-hmm. uh, Campion would just be shouting things at Ruffalo like, "You're not at school anymore. You know what you're doing." Like she was really trying to get him in the headspace of like, "No." you know total confidence right. please. Like,
3: i love it
2: and ruffalo's response is it was very stressful i was really scared and meg was currently dating russell crowe and i was like am i gonna be like you know like what does she think of me like so <laughs> yeah. it's interesting to think that he was so self-conscious yes. in
0: these scenes where he's oozing
2: yes yeah
0: like, it's unbelievable
2: um, right um but yeah. yeah uh anyway sorry but yeah the the the, the the thing with, it, with that you're talking about is the Ryan casting. In my opinion, is a total success. Correct, but in terms of how the movie went over at the time, it was yes. not. And that's right. that And it's funny because the the piano could have gone that way, and it didn't.
0: I I think it is one of her greatest skills is being really smart of about using the baggage of her stars in interesting ways. Right, like playing with the expectations of what you know these people doing. Like that's I mean that's like the most effective element in Power of the Dog, a movie we will obviously cover soon, yeah. but where you're just like, is, is he miscast? Right. But like you're watching it the whole time that's being like, he's almost it. pulling right. this off, but why would you hire him to do this? I think it's And true. then the movie like totally warps your brain around that and it's like, oh, that's the whole fucking point. Um. Right. And I think, I think <laughs> Piano does similar thing, Holy Smoke does similar, I, I mean, yeah, anyway. These are incredible quotes from Ruffalo. Ruffalo might be the
2: great, the great one.
0: Might be the best I mean, I adore him. He's talking about the method
2: method (laughs) acting, right? He's like, people use it as a shield. It shields them from being vulnerable. I hear all these young actors who are like, I'm method. I'm going to go live in the house. I'm going to, you know, (laughs) it kills spontaneity. They'll give a good performance, but they're not playing with the other actors. It's all about them. Yeah. Spontaneity and vulnerability are gold on screen and stage. They're fucking magic. When Brando reaches down and picks up the glove and puts it on his hand, which is an improvised moment on the waterfront, that's magic. I appreciate Brando in a way he's ideal. But the opposite, this is what I love. Mm -hmm. The opposite end of the spectrum is Marcello Mastriani, who had a lightness of being, a joy in his acting, wasn't precious about it. He did good movies and bad movies. He's bad in some. He's great in others. He has a sense of humor. He loved life. People had a good time around him. I like his career better. My style would be one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. Yeah, he fucking That's That's the line where I was like, come on. He's the
0: goat. No, (laughs) that's one foot on the banana peel. There, There is a bizarre lightness of touch to Ruffalo in whatever he's doing, whether the so role is heavy or not. so easy this to be the hackiest shit, this yes, role.
2: Absolutely. I'm the fucking tough cop. You right. know,
0: you don't mess with me, yeah. suck my dick,
2: yeah. like, you know. Yeah, but also know. I'm
0: the king of cock. That and- was
2: my audition. Champion yes.
0: Campion left me out of the room. You did not get a call back. <laughs>
2: 17-year-old dude. Hey, I'm a tough cop. Yeah.
0: Can you grow a mustache? Uh, No, no, I can't. Why are you so <laughs> tall? Um, what was the thing I was going to say about uh, The Rough Man? I don't know. Yes, it's, it's uh, uh, fascinating. There's there's the moment. This is what I was gonna say. There's the moment in you can count on me, and I haven't seen the movie in an embarrassingly long time. I haven't time seen the long time. I was meaning to rewatch Lonergan that fan. one. Yeah. Lonergan's one of those guys where, like, if he ever does another fucking movie, we might just be like, fuck it. Four four episode Lonergan series done. We gotta do it. Um, Absolutely. because he's probably my favorite living dramatic writer. But uh, There's the moment you can count on me, and uh, Jordane, if you've seen this more recently, Mm. uh, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, we're, like, in the middle of, like, a fucking monologue scene with um, Laura Linney, like, a bug comes into frame, and he, like, or, like, a butterfly or something, and he holds his hand out and, like, catches it on his hand and keeps on talking. And it's, like, the exact thing you're talking about, or that he's talking about in that quote, which is, like, here's my big dramatic moment, now there's a bug in frame. Like, rather than, like, try to ignore this or, like, go, like, the take is fucking blown, he just worked it into what he was doing. You Pretty know? Cool. I, did, cool. I do yeah. not remember that. I'm going to look out for it now. I've heard I... a lot of fucking actor friends of mine cite that as just like, that's the moment I realized this was the fucking guy. Mm. And I would like to have one moment like that in my entire career. Mm. Where you're just, it's such a state, like zen state of flow, like comfort with the material, but also open to any spontaneity that happens. You know? So. <sighs> he rules. He's got a nice penis. He's got a great dick. Um, uh,
3: yeah. Fantastic dick.
2: Another person gets murdered. Their head's in yes. a washing machine. Right. This is number two. Very gross. Uh, Love
3: that scene, though.
2: Scene is so good. Love how it looks. Yeah. Uh, this film shot by Dion Beeb, by the way. One of the heroes of the 2000s.
0: Mm-hmm. He shot Collateral. He shot Miami Vice. Right. He defines um, the Michael Mann digital look. Yeah.
2: Right. I feel like he, he did Gemini Man recently, but he hasn't done a lot of work recently. But he's, hmm. he's Rob Marshall's guy, so he's shooting uh, Little, Little, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, but um What if
0: Little Mermaid looks like collateral? That, or or like in the cut?
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: That, uh, I, would, I would love that.
2: Um and then there's that scene where he takes her and he's like shooting at the garbage bags in the water, and then what she's a good shot.
4: Like, I go shoot date. some garbage, yeah. Go
0: drive down abandoned road, shoot us some garbage in a lake. Ben took out his notepad and wrote down proposal ideas. <laughs> <laughs> watching this movie
3: <laughs> and then they just like kiss on the is, foot of the car is Ring in
0: garbage bag or on gun <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously that
2: scene again is sort of supposed to I guess be red herringy and it's like oh is he like taking her to an abandoned spot is this dangerous well you're he's taking sort out his of gun like, is
0: this guy hiding something and you're like no this guy's like pretty transparent right he's this like, is yeah. just what this guy
2: wants to be doing right right now. So, yeah right he's yeah. in a
0: pretty comfortable state with himself i mean even just the scene with the wife thing she keeps on being like look we both know it you're fucking married and cheating on your wife with me he's like no i'm i sleep on her couch because I couldn't afford to move out. My mom fucking drives me crazy, and I like seeing the kids. Yeah. And she just keeps on assuming that he's, like, fucking misrepresenting there's something, something else, to her. Right, like, there right. must
2: be something else going on. Yeah. You've got Cornelius, her student, mm-hmm. like, gets... Does he get arrested, or he just gets, like, hauled in? He I gets guess. brought he gets arrested in for
0: questioning. Because he, well, like, wrote
2: something in blood? Uh, there's the right. point
0: where... Uh, she and he
2: keeps like uh, saying john wayne gacy was was <laughs> it innocent or what I'm, like, yes, I'm like
3: the john yes. wayne gacy thing is so funny because like it's very Some clear that it's supposed to be something where you know i mean i wrote about this in my review just this idea of like men making excuses for each other being fascinated by each other's like oh but he must have done he must have thought In the idea that, like, if a man is very violent, it's because he lost control and not because he, like, intended to. And there's all of that subtext. But it also just, like, seems like... And I don't know if Cornelius was Black in the book. Uh Uh-huh. Because I have not read the book. But it just almost just seems like, yeah, you know, brothers, they have, like, conspiracy theories. (laughs) It felt very, like... I don't know. It It was a really interesting way to have i mean him being into conspiracy theories makes sense especially because it's like clear that he's not actually a violent person he's just weird right <laughs> well, sure. he's odd right <laughs> yeah. that's the thing but
2: they right he's being read as well you must be a suspect because he's weird well the ad well this is part of the movie is just like all men everyone's are kind of weird and kind threatening of threatening in some way or another right. yeah right yeah, yeah. right bacon's Th- character being the most like ob- nakedly threatening, but also right. the least actually threatening problem. Right, right. right. And yeah.
3: Cornelius still gets like, because when he shows up at her place, like near the end, and he like has like, he's it's clear that he'd been punched and he'd been punched the by The cops that. have beat
0: him up, right? But, yeah. there's right. the earlier yeah. moment, right, where they show her like sort of the contact sheet of all the possible suspects. And you see for the first time that like 85% of the suspects are young black men. And you're mm-hmm. just sort of like, okay, so these guys are getting targeted. When he shows up with the black eye, you could just immediately put one and one together. Oh, yeah. Um,
3: I mean, he says specifically, it is, it is um, uh, Ruffalo's partner who right, does right. that. Oh, him. but I'm saying, even
0: before he says it, yeah, you're even just before like, he I, says I know exactly it. what the fuck happened yeah. here. Right. Um, he fits the profile that they're fucking looking for. Uh, and the atom he's trying to split is John Wayne Gacy is innocent because it was his desire that made him kill those people. So the desire is guilty. And you're just like, what the fuck are you t-? He's <laughs> He's not responsible for his feelings because his feelings took over. Yeah, mm, I mean, yeah. Mm. And I
3: think that that's so much of, like, the underlying critique of, of this film is that men are, like, acting on their impulses. And you
0: can't hold them responsible for that. Man, men just have urges.
3: Right, yeah. That's,
0: like, the argument that men keep on making in this movie to her And then he does this fucking extra fucking graphic design on his essay where he like puts (laughs) MS paint blood spatter on it. So they see that and it's like red flag out the butt. But then as you were saying, Jordan, when he shows up at her place and she just sort of like puts the brakes on it, right? Like reciprocating his advances at first. They're kissing. She's taking her shirt off. And then she's like, I'm drunk. I'm traumatized. I can't handle this. He immediately goes into fuck you. I don't want to sleep with you. How dare you turn me down? I'd never fuck you. so many of the conversations in this movie truly just I, I know I'm repeating myself here feel like tinder correspondences that people post um I know what you're saying right, obviously also what happens is
2: your sister gets uh her head cut off as well that mm. that that that's happening in the third act of the
0: film um, she gets disarticulated. she gets her, she
2: gets all chopped up
0: and and, and, and Ryan i mean walks in. What's the thing she sees first? Well, she, she sees like the there's blood all over like the boiler, remember? Right. Like, in the bathroom right. or whatever. Like
2: it's, it's just, it's that shot of her opening the doors and there's like steam coming out I of just the bathroom. I like there was,
0: I'm forgetting, but there's, there's some little piece of hair on the bed. Oh, that's what it's Oh, it yeah. Thinking. Right. Right. So it's right, right, the right. little piece of hair on the bed, but otherwise the apartment looks kind of fine. But then she's already sort of like ready for.
2: She knows.
0: Her and, and
4: you schedule. sort of realize it too. Because it's not being shot that way, but you're like, uh oh, wait, we're about to enter a crime scene. Right. And like, then the bathroom is, is just to get a fucking bat.
0: nightmare, and her yeah. head is in a, she's a all, garbage she's bag. She's all dead. In the bath. And she Meg Ryan just cradles the head and cries obsessively. I mean, and Ruffalo has to come in from and from be her. like, I mean, like you have to give the fucking disembodied head back. I and mean, then I, I guess it's not long after that, you know, that's then that's. Wait, he know, explains how. right, Right. She but, demands, tell, but, tell me how this happened, and he right, gets. Into too much detail. He does. I yeah. mean,
2: he's he's desensitized, yes. or whatever. He's, or is he a sociopath? As she wonders, right. so she locks him to uh, you know, to she her right yeah. to a pipe in her apartment. Right. Well, because first, first is the, the the there's the murder. Right. There's Cornelius confronting her.
0: Uh there's, but the scene where she fucks him, where he's like, I want to watch you fuck me. Right. That's. Is that when she handcuffs yeah, him at the beginning? Yeah, that's right. and then she, she hands- just Yeah, and then afterwards right. she handcuffs him. She asks right. him about the
2: tattoo. Yes. And she's completely discombobulated when she, you know, gets basically picked up by Rodriguez and he takes her to the Little Red Lighthouse.
0: I mean, this is a mm-hmm. point where I think people who are already out in this movie go like, this is absurd. What the fuck is happening? Why, Why she is she this? literally going right. to the lighthouse? Why is she yeah. following this guy? It's so
2: good, though. Yes. It, I mean, the Little Red Lighthouse is one of the great, you know, New York City locations. Mm-hmm. It's never been used well in a movie. I love that Jane Campion's like, let's just, let's just finish that. Everything there. Sure. And it's, it's it's a great motif. Weird
0: villain headquarters.
2: Yeah. That's where he, uh, he wants to, uh, what does he want to do? Like,
0: does he want to, Give her food or something
2: like. Or... Well, he
0: says, "I'm probably gonna have to keep you here for a couple weeks because people saw me leaving with you."
2: But then, you know, and he's doing the "Will you marry me?" thing. Oh with the yeah, ring. he's got
3: like wine, and he's like playing the wine. That's music. Right. Right. right, right, right. And then he, around. And then what? he just like has the knife with the engagement ring on it. Yeah, just like put on the fucking ring. <laughs> it's
0: it's, it's there's also we should mention i mean the the running thing of of the sort of ice skating oh, flashback i love that right. shit right. oh
3: man yes it's so good love the love the whole like silent film aesthetic of it right this
0: this entirely artificial idea of this like very sanitized chivalry and and sort of courtship and, and
4: all the details of it are so absurd that they met and 15 minutes later were engaged
0: right. It's something out of a fucking 40s movie but
4: actually really he's been married five times right. like they're half sisters yes. you know yes. like you find out like so
0: much more about this, this, who this guy it's really like was. a fucking fantasy that they grew yeah. up on that yeah. i think uh, meg ryan has spent her life hoping she could replicate in her life that she could experience a meg ryan movie plot right like she wishes she had had a meg ryan rom-com romance but just campion's choice to frame that in this very stylized artificial way just yeah. like makes it clear, like just how much of an impossible ideal this is.
2: But the more important thing is her going back to Ruffalo and that final shot of them when he's still handcuffed. Oh yes. man. It's such a great way to, it's such a good mic drop. Yeah. And yeah.
3: well, he, and he's also like, he's been trying to like get his hand free. So he's like, and it was like, connected to, like, a water pipe, so there's also, like, water everywhere. It's so good. this
0: is a movie where you expect when she goes to the lighthouse that you're gonna think she's about to be killed, and then a shot comes from somewhere, and you see Mark Ruffalo there, and he's, like, yanked the fucking heater out, and he's made it there somehow in, like, record time and saved her ass. Um, And instead, he's just still there, locked up, and she figures out her own shit.
2: I love it. I love it and it absolutely probably sends you out with just like
0: question mark question mark question mark f f, f- stamp stamp I just, stamp. I, just <laughs> yeah.
2: I just I I totally get it and I remember seeing it at the time and it was one of those things of like kind of like I talked about AI right that yes. you know like movies like that at the era where I walked out and I was like well I I know that wasn't um you know that that was messy, or like that, right. that that didn't follow like the normal parameters of what, not I'm what learning is a good movie out of this. Yeah. So yeah. like I would be like, so but it's underrated and it's interesting and it's yeah. like a four out of five. You know what I mean? Right. Like Back when I was a teenager and I quite like la- I
3: lacked the, the courage, courage of
0: m- convictions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Courage of my convictions. Yeah.
2: Um. You know, because that's the year, obviously, of like Lord of the Rings, Hulk. uh sweeping. Yeah. Hulk, Hulk, yeah sure. Hulk, Hulk. But it's also like Lost in Translation. Is sort of yes. the indie sensation of the year. Cold Kill Mountain, Bill.
0: Finding Nemo. Sure, Matrix Finding sequels. Nemo. The Matrix sequels. Uh,
2: another thing where I... Had to discover the courage of my convictions. Right. Uh, Mystic River.
0: And Elf are sort of like that's now officially the next wave of comedy
2: anointed. Pirates of the Caribbean obviously is the big right. summer movie. Right. Um, Master Commander is the big like you know boat prestige movie. Of movie of of the of year. Big boat movie of the year. Uh, uh, Elephant wins the palm d'Or. Sure. Sure. Mm. Um, you know it's a very interesting exciting year in yeah. cinema in my opinion but this is absolutely on nobody's list. Nope. It's not getting any critical awards. No. Uh, it's at TIFF it's not at a awardsy fe- it's not at Cannes or Venice.
0: Uh, oh and like I guess TIFF them. was not as awardsy as it was it's more of just like a fall right. launch pad because the following year is Sideways sure. right? still Which never
3: is- seen that Sideways
0: is fucking good Merlot. I will say when that movie came out I was not crazy about it and I was such a big Alexander Payne fan and such a big Giamatti fan and I was disappointed by it and unsurprisingly that is maybe a movie that plays better when you're not 15 years old <laughs>
3: Yeah, I would I would imagine. Like, I was in middle school when that movie came out, so.
0: I just remember being like, no, 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 I get it. I get it. I just don't think it's very good. And then I watch it now, and I'm like, oh, now I've made some mistakes in my life, and I'm in my 30s. I think this is a good film.
2: <laughs> um, it's I have good. not seen Sideways since 2004.
0: I had not seen it since 2004 until about a year ago, and I, th- I think it's very good.
2: Um... Sideways. That was such a thing. That is funny. But
0: I'm saying yeah. that was such a like Toronto launch. Yeah, yeah no, for and sure. And it won awesome. every critic's award. And... Maybe like, oh, whatever wins at Toronto is going to be a major player for the rest of the year. Well, this didn't win at Toronto. Nah. Let's
2: see what won at Toronto that yeah,
0: year. 2003. What won at Toronto? Do you want to guess? Is it one of the movies we list already? Come on. Who won?
2: Where's the awards? Jesus.
0: Scrolls. Scroll. That's the other thing because Toronto is the audience award. It's like, oh, oh no. this isn't a joke. You're never going to guess. People, Z-
2: Zatoichi won the People's Choice Award that weird. year. The uh, Takeshi Kitano, yeah. you know, Blind Swordsman. No, because uh, after yeah.
0: this point, outside of that weird movie, uh, Bella, which inexplicably won the audience award. It's usually a... Everything be a that game. wins becomes like a fucking... A contender. Oscar? contender. Bella? This, it was this weird fucking half-Spanish... Drama that won the audience award out of nowhere and then everyone's like, is this thing going to be some crossover success? And it came out and everyone shrugged.
2: In the cut, though, is actually the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And rules. Just sidebar. The only reason I remember Bella is because Bella's entire marketing campaign was, here are 15 other movies that won the audience award at Toronto. Sure. It literally was just like, we have no other hook for this other than to say Sideways won and fucking uh, Princess Bride won. Well, I don't know that movie. I exist.
2: haven't seen it. it doesn't right, exist. doesn't exist. Yeah, um, but yes, it is. I mean, well, there's the occasional like Eastern Promises won one year. That's the mm-hmm. Canada thing. Occasionally, Canada will yes. win out at the at right. T- um, Belfast Green Book. You know, you're forgetting where do we go now? A weird winner. What the fuck is that yeah, exactly? But occasionally, it's it's something unusual. Okay, mm-hmm. what won last year? Though I mean, not last year, last year, 2021. Wh- I mean, you know, right? What what did- Belfast?
0: Oh, well, that's. I just said Belfast.
2: I, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I was usually. Really?
0: I, that? David? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's usually
2: the straight down the middle thing. I
0: forgot what year it was. I thought you were saying 2020.
2: I know. I, I realized I was being. Yep. Good. The year before was Nomadland. Land. Right. Ranger right. Rabbit. Right. The year before that was right. Green Book. Yes. Um. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Box office. No,
2: no attention, though. Just none. Yeah. It sinks like a stone, gets bad reviews. I don't know when it. Had its reappraisal. To be honest,
0: I know. I, I guess it was just sort of. A I slug think thing. when we saw it in twenty seventeen, it had not been fully written. Well, I was.
3: I, I remember when were, I when I when right, I think put my when I published my piece at mm-hmm. the beginning of twenty nineteen. Um, the only other like uh, published work that I knew liked the movie was uh um Christina Newland's book um. She lost it at the movies. There's a There's a pro in the cut essay in that, and this is like, it's funny because like if you get it, it's like it was in the cut essay, and like so many people would assume that it was me, and it's like sure. no, it turns out there was someone who has there are been thousands the, of us. Yeah, yeah, there there was someone else, and when I saw oh, it's another woman who rides for this movie, I was like okay, maybe I can start talking about this movie. And I remember at first when I talk, started tweeting about it and talking about how much I loved it. I got like a lot of like anger and a lot of pushback from people. And it Mm. was just like a weird thing where like people just get mad because I liked the movie. And I mean, that's still that doesn't really happen that much anymore. So it really does feel like it was in like the last three or four years. Yeah,
0: I think people finally chilled out. I mean, the Wikipedia page, there's the, uh, you know, the section on reception. And it's, it's first contemporary. And it's mostly people giving it bad reviews or people going like, there's some interesting things going on here, but it's obviously a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of like what you're saying, David. Uh the way you talked about it at the time. And then uh it says, In the cut was among the films discussed favorably by Slavoj Zizek in The Pervert's Guide to Cinema. He did,
2: he did do so that. So it
0: feels like that's an early example of someone really like Stanford Hard. And then the next paragraph is retrospective. And Dradain, you're the one person who sort <laughs> you're of you're like quoted an excerpt in that <laughs> from your piece. I, hmm. But now it's like Fangoria has reclaimed it. It, uh, Nick James put it on his Sight and Sound list. Fucking David Thompson. I mean, Nick, yeah, Nick James, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Demby. I'm re- I'm seeing some of the reviews. JJ's put in here. JJ, and Nick, sorry, I put it in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Demby panned it. Said it was phony. Didn't like the ending. The ending. I should uh note in the book she died. Right. In the book, the guy kills her. Right. Uh with a scalpel. <laughs> right. Uh, whereas in the movie, Campion was like, I just can't have that. Uh yeah. and talk to the author about like she like that can't be how the this character's journey uh, concludes. Um, but he just, you know, like just very dismissive review there. Stephanie Zaharik, uh a colleague who I admire, obviously, but uh, wrote a really good negative review. Uh, that is sort of worth checking. out. not like a super negative review, but kind of like a, I struggled with this movie yeah. uh, review. I want to, sh- sh- this incredible,
0: let me find it. Can I share uh, an unsubstantiated IMDb uh, trivia fact while you search for this? Because yeah. I just find this very uh-huh. funny. <clears throat> Mickey Rourke was initially considered for a supporting role. However, his involvement was allegedly vetoed by Nicole Kidman on the strength of Rourke's wild reputation. Rourke has stated in interviews that he was disappointed by this, as he believes it would have fast tracked his comeback. Yeah, I don't think that's true, Mickey. No, no, uh, Mickey Rourke the most self uh, man. That sounds made up. To looking at me. the response in the cut and going like, "Fuck, I wish I'd been in that thing." That well, he, given him me some being juice. in anything in that
2: era probably would have helped. I guess he was, he was.
0: But the, they put him in shit, and people would be like, "Like he was in fucking Domino once a time in Mexico and whatever." Yeah, yeah. anyway. Here's the depiction the
2: the, sorry the description of critics that Campion has recently that I love. The first ring of reviewers in America are always men. It's this mountain of corduroy you have to get through. (laughs) That is the line I love. They're not secure. So to see women talking about them rudely, it might as well be them. David's trademark blazer found. She calls it the corduroy wall. Uh And like they set the tone. Uh and so she thinks that, like, if you're showing them a movie that has extreme content or something, sometimes it can just mm-hmm. not go over yes. the corduroy mm-hmm. wall. Um, That's great. anyway. Uh, so good. Um, yep. Manola Dargis, as you said, has a much more interesting review. Right. Uh, Rosenbaum also had it. She
0: kind of half defended Noel Murray, I think, kind of half defended it. Uh, great movie. Opened. All right. So let's do the limited release, though.
2: Yeah. A week before Halloween.
0: Opens... How, how wide does it go on Halloween?
2: On Halloween, it goes up to eight hundred and twenty-five screens. Okay, and it, it goes to number eleven. Okay, yeah. behind a film called Good Boy that I've never heard of.
0: Oh, uh, that's something about a uh, talking alien dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the
2: week before, it's it's fairly. I think si- it's, a, it's the dog.
0: There are no. New I'm a dog. Re-
2: there are no new releases. In, Call me Good Boy. In on Halloween, as you noted. Yes. Right. Uh, the only new release is the Human Stain. Okay. Uh, on Weird. limited yeah. uh, screen, so so, movie. Yeah. so it's the same basically. So number one at the box office, mm. when in the cut is tanking. Yeah, is a a parody a film.
0: Or a parody film opening is, huge to forty eight million dollars. Yes, it is a, a scary movie. Three,
2: three was huge. The first of the Zucker
0: scary yeah. movies, right yeah. with Charlie Sheen. Two kind of dipped a little bit, and it felt like maybe.
2: They did it a little too quickly too. It came Gas like out really of the fast. Tank, and right. then the
0: Waynes brothers move on. And then there was this sort of like, let's just fucking get a Zucker in here and throw everything into the mix. And it's not really about scary movies anymore. And now yeah, it's, it's fucking like Matrix parody. Matrix, and 8 Mile. Right. Just, just do movies. everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Scary becomes a, a meaningless term. Uh, but yes, a humongous hit.
2: Huge hit. Scary Movie 3. Never seen. Number two is a remake of a horror film.
0: Number two is a remake of a horror film. 2003 it would have been Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right film that has an unbelievable trailer does it it has a trailer that like chilled me to my core and i was like is this going to be a fucking masterpiece and the movie is not as interesting as this trailer it was i from my memory at least the first modern trailer to use the trick of it feels like the projector is breaking down
2: sure Right. Which right. was
0: very unsettling to That's, see in a theater. What's that?
2: What's what is that company? The Michael Bay company called Silver
0: Platinum Dunes. Uh, Platinum, Platinum Dunes, Dunes. Not
2: Silver Dunes, right. David. Platinum
0: Dunes. Platinum That's, Dunes. Like the beginning of the Platinum Dunes run. Right. But that movie was very big and that kickstarted the remake horror fever for all these movies that were seen as uh, untouchable. And had been diminished by multiple I've, sequels. It was I've like never seen them all. I've never seen. It's Have pre- you boring. seen the Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, it's pretty boring. Okay. It, I mean, like, it looks really good. It has a couple right, it's good got performances good, yeah. in it. Like, Arlie Ermey is really fucking good in it. It's just, it, it, it cannot capture the weird sort of, like, gonzo artistry of the original. Number
2: three at the box office is one of the most notorious failed attempts at an Oscar nomination of all time. Oh, I honestly credit to this movie, which yeah. I considered a complete flop, to opening to thirteen million dollars. Huh.
0: More than I would have thought. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. You're saying for a best picture mission or is no, there like acting. an acting? Okay. It's notorious.
2: Notorious. Yes. Oscar-winning
0: actor playing yep. someone with,
2: let's be honest, yep. an
0: intellectual disability. Oh, of course.
3: Oh, wait. This motion
0: picture is Are called... You... Do you want to say it, Drew? Oh,
3: my God. Are you talking about I Am Sam? No. I'm
0: not talking about Worse. I Am Sam, but it's in Worse the I Am Sam today. zone. This movie is called Radio. Cuba, oh, Cuba my Greening God. Jr. I
3: remember radio. Radio as, in the shopping cart. I remember radio. my mom <laughs> renting this and me watching it in her bedroom and being like, what? What is now, happening?
2: <laughs> hes I've never seen radio. Uh-huh. I, I know he has a radio, and that's why they call him radio. But what does he do? Like, He plays football or something? No, he like What's helps his...
0: out with the team. He, okay. Yeah, he
3: helps out with the team. He's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like our mascot. Right. Like, it's like a dramatic
0: yeah. version of the water boy, except he doesn't Jesus. play. Right. Yes. right. Yeah. I mean, it's based and, uh, on a real story, and they were like, radio is the most inspiring man. It was based on
2: some Sports Illustrated right. story of like, oh, you know, this high school football team has this guy who's like sweet and helps out. Like and they were like, Oscar, we're gonna get one. But and you want yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: you want to talk about like
3: let's exploit the story about this black man right. who definitely it, did not get paid. Oh,
0: totally. Uh uh interesting counterpoint or uh, not counterpoint, but like counter counterweight to uh all this stuff we're talking about with fucking Meg Ryan's career and where she was at crossing forty and no one knowing what to do with her and rejecting her, yeah. her attempts to stretch out of this. Uh I believe Radio was Deborah Winger's first movie in like six years, hmm. and in that downtime, uh, Rosanna Arquette had made the documentary "Searching for Deborah Winger," okay, which got some traction. That was like her talking about like why do all actresses disappear after forty, right, 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 right. And right. like Deborah Winger was like the woman of her generation, got fucking four Oscar nominations, and now just hasn't appeared on screen. And it was like what happened to her, and it was her interviewing actresses on the cusp of forty who had just turned forty that thread of just feeling the parts disappear. And then they get to Deborah Winger. And she's just kind of like, I don't know it's giving me anything fucking good. I just like nothing dramatic happened to me. It's just, there's no reason to work. And then she comes back and she's like, thankless supportive wife role to Ed Harris coach in radio. And it was so depressing.
3: It's well, I mean, I'm glad that she's back now with, yeah, um, she does. It. Yeah. She was in Kajillionaire yep. and I thought that she was really great in that she's in um the lover's, Yep, she's great. Movie. In that. Yeah, she's, with Tracy yeah, Letts, she's really yeah with Tracy Letts. She's really great in that. Hundred
0: episodes of The Ranch, quietly Netflix's of, most watched series ever. Maybe. Oh my
3: god, The Ranch. The Ranch but, is on the so, ranch. So, but like, wasn't the whole thing with Deborah Winger though that she was like difficult? That was yes. also part
0: of it. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, by all accounts, when you look at it now and you read the, the exact pieces in which people tried to explain her difficult uh, behavior, you are like, sounds like she had integrity. Sounds like she wanted things to be good. David's doing a a shaky Uh, hand. Uh,
2: Number four at the box office is a, a dying genre. The Grisham Thriller. Oh, might
0: be the last one. I think it's Runaway Jury.
2: It's Runaway oh, Jury. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. this is the final Grisham movie that's not like Christmas with the Cranks or whatever, like <laughs> yes. which technically is a Grisham right. film.
0: It's it's Hackman's yes, second to it. last film, and the whole thing is like Hackman and fucking Hoffman together, right? Although are they, I've seen this film yeah. because I watched every John Grisham yeah. movie in quarantine or maybe before. I can't remember when the, I did that. So the funny story of this movie is they put them together and everyone's like, fuck, these two guys and the generation big big 70s and they were actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. living yeah. together, all this shit. They've never been in a movie together Roommates. and then they do the movie and then they're like, oh fuck, we forgot to write any scene for them to be in. Because so
2: they're both like in different war right. rooms like going like we gotta get the best runaway
0: juries or whatever. I saw right. this movie on a plane it, yeah. uh, 19 years ago but there was one scene I believe where they stand next to each other at urinals and talk and they had to like do that in reshoots because they realized right. they had fucked up so badly and never had them interact.
2: That mo- like the Grisham run is the firm, yep. the Pelican Brief, the client, a time to kill. Like right. this is where these things are huge at right. the box office. And the Chamber, the Rainmaker, the Gingerbread Man, the Bloom is off the rose. Right. And then this is just kind of it's like okay, Hollywood's just like great. Nobody wants these anymore. But it was Fine. like a middling double. I'm sure uh, it made, made a bunch
3: $49 of money on forty nine million dollars.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it did okay. Was yeah. that
3: the one with John Cusack?
2: Yeah, Rachel Vice.
0: Yeah, it was like a stacked cast.
2: It has a good cast. Yeah, it's it's Cusack, Vice, uh, Hackman, Hoffman. Bruce McGill? Oh. Jeremy Piven?
0: Oh, man.
3: Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. Piven.
0: Leland Orser. Do you think he plays a creepy guy? <laughs> this is maybe the third episode in a row where you've made that joke. I don't even remember <laughs> why. He's I don't know why. He's always
3: popping
2: up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, but I, you know what? But I watched that movie like pretty recently and I don't remember anything. about Sure. It. I th- sure. Except that I think Hackman's good. Yeah. Because the thing with Hackman is in those movies, he's good. Like, even when it's a total like behind enemy lines, like total like nothing. Incredible. He's still
0: good. We were, we were texting about Hackman with our friends the Doughboys mm-hmm. recently and our ongoing thread of just like, remember that guy when he was like the best actor in the fucking world? He was good in everything. And I shared with you guys this clip that I highly recommend of Kevin Costner being interviewed by Rich Eisen talking about doing, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, not No Sudden Move. No Way Out. No Moves?
3: No Way Out. No Way Out. The no
0: Costner-Hackman way- movie. Yeah, No Way yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's an incredible story about just uh, Costner talking about Hackman being the the best actor he had ever worked with and the sort of advice that he gave him. And uh, Hackman was just the goat. But also fucking rad to just be like, I don't need this shit anymore. I'm just going to retire and write fucking historical thrillers. He's still alive. Yeah. Kicking it. Jordan, uh, Resurrection just got bought by IFC Shudder.
2: FYI.
3: I, I love that. Me too. Oh, man. Good, good place for it to go. We uh, were just talking about
2: this is
0: our favorite Sundance. One of our I, favorite oh, Sundance. I am to see it. I, nothing you'll, I you'll love like more we than uh, overcranked Rebecca Hall horror. My favorite subgenre. No?
3: Oh, my God. you! I can't wait.
0: Were you a Nighthouse fan?
3: I'm not a Nighthouse fan. But I feel she's, like I'm the only person. No, 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 who loves no, the Nighthouse. No, people are. Boy. people really do like the Nighthouse. I love her to performance another. in it. I think Incredible. the ending is what gets me. See, I, I was
0: warned we about the ending. It worked for me, but her performance is just
3: like. I should watch oh, it. Yeah, so, no, it? she's. Yes. You're, you're gonna like Resurrection.
2: I can't wait. Yeah, she's. It's really good. Um, <laughs> number five at the box office is an. It, the, this is the funny thing. It's also based on like a paperback bestseller. Hmm. Um, it, but it's it's this is a movie that got nominated for Best Picture. This is like a, a big deal movie.
0: Got nominated for Best Picture. Two thousand sort of a comeback
2: for its director, right? Critically,
0: and, well, it's Mystic River. It's
2: Mystic River, right. but like it's funny that like yes. Eastwood charts the new path of how to do the airport novel. I mean, yes. Dennis Lehane is above an airport thriller or whatever, but like yes. he's still you know he's a best-selling paperback right. type you know genre writer. Yes. anyway, Mystic River. Mystic River, you not know,
0: a movie. I think either of us love. No. I don't love it, but do you know who's good in it? Kevin Bacon. You, I mean, this was an early thing that you and I bonded over yeah. of like best performance. You also in the movie. agree that he's far and away the best performance in the movie. And the two guys who won Oscars for that movie are bad in it, right?
3: Yeah. yeah oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Bacon's
0: incredible in that movie. He's
3: incredible in that movie, and that movie is that oh, yeah. movie is not yeah. good. Sean Penn can't remember the last time Sean Penn is was good. It
0: oh, is, it is just kind of funny how much that movie did for Eastwood mm-hmm. Robbins and, Pe- and and Bacon's Penn. just like guess I'll go fuck myself whatever right. and when you look at it now you're just like embarrassing work from all three yeah I know mean, Ro- think...
3: Robbins getting attention for that very funny and thing. it
0: makes I... <laughs> Dennis Lehane like this like hot you it got to exact author and you're like that's the worst adaptation of his work
2: it's a good book too it's a very yeah. good book yeah. Um, uh, yeah Robbins to me is the one who's really bad in that Oscar win is inexplicable beyond I guess yes. just a sort of a career thing right. the yeah. pen performance I don't hate it but it's well just when like, you think about Eastwood too, right? Where it's like you just imagine Penn just detonating bombs like on set and right. also being like, Great, let's move on. You know, like no, <laughs> okay. no attempt to modulate. You know, right. it's just he's right. just like more, more, it's just like, so you know, big. like I, right. that's how I imagine that way. But then,
0: like, I just that movie comes out in New York Times is like, this is perhaps the greatest performance in the history of cinema. Like <laughs> it was just as, like received not just as like it's time for him to win the Oscar, but like we have to reckon with he has redefined the art.
2: Th- there was also that thing
0: of right of like well he should
2: have won for dead man walking and like Penn is undersung I mean look yeah I, yeah Despite I mean, right.
0: being a person who like was constantly burning bridges and making Absolutely. enemies and all of that. So I mean, that was it, his whole Oscar speech was like, I know I haven't been easy to root for. And...
3: It's like literally never. I was yeah. actually just recently found out that he and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter are breaking up. And I was so glad. I thought that that was so weird. Cool. You're for t- her I'm to s- be very
0: so <laughs> surprised to hear that marriage didn't work. <laughs> it's
3: just just like I guess I married my dad's friend whenever <laughs>
0: anyone asked D'Onofrio about that like on fucking Twitter the terminally online Vincent D'Onofrio he's he just very like, online he wants uh, the pigs to look at the sky I will not comment on because <laughs> you know he hated it he just hates it he yeah. hated it uh, and now, Sean Penn doesn't, married, uh, now he doesn't D'Onofrio have to is, like, do those family daughter. dinners yeah, yeah. Uh, totally forgot about that that is that is it's, it's the only thing Vincent D'Onofrio will not comment Fair. on on Twitter it's so good it's yeah. so funny <laughs> Some other films in the top ten. He'll tweet about West Elm Caleb. Like, he'll (laughs) tweet. Oh, he'll tweet. He'll, of course. He'll tweet about anything. He'll hit those trending topics.
2: He'll he'll barge right in. Yeah. School of Rock. A masterpiece. Kill Bill Volume 1. Intolerable Cruelty. A a movie I love. And one of the best movies about Star 69-ing Italy under the Tuscan Sun. Can you star 69 in Italy? That's what Sandra O oh says in the trailer. Yeah, no, I, remember. I never thought, never, never forgot. That's a charming Under, movie. Under Great the movie.
3: Tuscan sun. Beautiful. That's Wait, is this, on? was this also the Down with Love year?
0: It is the Down that's, with that's Love. That's year. that summer. Mm-hmm.
3: Down with Love. Incredible movie.
0: Oh, 03 is like a good sign. The whole year is good. It's a good year
3: for it's, movies. It, it really is. It's, it's a good year.
0: A good year for movies. No, and, it really. And is. also just
3: a year where you're like,
0: people have diverse tastes audiences are
3: going to see different genres at different budget levels yeah it's it's such a smorgasbord and we don't really have that anymore and i also just recently watched matrix reloaded for the first time oh jordan you cannot
0: drop this number two two movie of 2003 goes
3: off man i couldn't believe it i would spent all these years being like oh the matrix reloaded is bad and i was just like you mean by bad do you mean incredible Great like, opinion
2: by Jordane Searles <laughs> on the podcast.
0: <laughs> add it to the Wikipedia <laughs> section.
2: <laughs> Amazingly, not my number one movie of 2003, though. Your There's number like one mas- movie of Master 2003
0: would have been?
2: Master and Commander. Oh, well, of course. Uh, and then Kill Bill is a great movie of that year. Absolutely. Is it In the Cut your number three? In the Cut is my number five. What's because your I have part? reloaded in, f- in Revolutions at two and three. Mm. Uh, Wait, sorry, so what's it's your It's my two? number four. I'm sorry.
3: sorry.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
2: Uh, and Kill Bill is my number five. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, I wait, wait. wait. I need Volume you to
3: 1. go down this list one to five right now. Uh,
2: Master and mm-hmm. Commander, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions in the Cut, Kill Bill, Volume One. But you, you should think of those two Matrixes. I'm kind of yeah. cheating yeah. by having yes. them next to each other. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I, Unknown Pleasures, uh, still one of my favorite uh, Ja Junka movies. I'm sorry if I mangled his name. Uh, I love Hulk, Griff, who right. you love. I do love The Fog of War. Errol Morris is The Fog of War. Big movie for me when I was 17. I do love Jerry. I mean I'm Gus to, like, Jerry
0: I was as I love Down With Love we've covered wait ups. wait
3: wait 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 you loved Jerry Jerry Rules <laughs> oh my god so I was all about health I'm learning desert. so mm-hmm. much about you right now uh,
2: I love Open Range the Kevin Costner oh uh, Open
3: Range goes off It lo- goes yeah. all the
2: way off uh, Costner I do finally love directing all the real movie. girls yeah. it was
3: good good it was
2: yes. uh, a champion again of my teenagehood right
0: Um. I mean I didn't I so love Guy
2: Madden's Dracula pages from A Virgin Starring, as you one of should, my as you absolutely should. I do love
0: City of God. Haven't seen that in a long time, but I, I like seen that a lot. Of the time since it came out, I, I, yeah. I mean, as covered on this podcast, I was obsessed with Big Fish at the time and saw it like sure. eight times in theaters because it was the only movie that made me cry. That was definitely my number one at the time. I have not gone back and done a list through a modern prism. Both things I didn't see at the time, like. In the cut, and all the real girls are certainly way up there for me. But sad. I'm God like all the real huge for girls. me at the time. Is my number one Hulk by default? I'm I just like I wonder if there's a movie I have invested more energy in.
2: You know, I don't know. I uh, I'd have to I'd have to
0: think it over. Um, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Sorry, some of my other wait. I was just I got distracted. By my, uh, I I love, I love Intolerable Cruelty. Huge defender of that Nemo. movie. Uh, I love Shattered Glass. I think that movie is yeah. good. Uh, I like uh, School of Rock. Is fun. Uh, I like the Nemo. Station Agent. And mm-hmm. uh, yep. like something's got to give.
3: I still need to see the station agent. Love something's got to give. Them.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. What game yeah. over. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a lot of like, like there's like Demon Lover, which is a movie that, that's sort of like an in the cut kind of thing. Where like I've never been able to get yeah. to loving that movie, but I certainly admire I mean, that look, movie's just, energy. Very Ben Hosley movie. I'm sure he's never seen it, but he would he would dig.
0: I'm just okay. looking at like okay. fucking August. Of 2003, and on one weekend, you had like Freaky Friday, right? Like a surprisingly good Disney family comedy coming out at the same time as Secret Lives of Dentists and Magdalene Sisters and Geely. And Geely. Just, just, just like the variety Underrated. there, you know? There's, look, there was more variety, back There was then. more. I variety. love SWAT.
2: As you know. Well, of
0: course. Uh, a movie you've threatened to cover on the podcast a couple times. Clark Johnson film.
2: I'll stick up for Dreamcatcher
0: any day of the week.
1: Oh, my One God. Hollywood
0: should put out more Dreamcatchers and a, less You
3: are truly Spider-Man. a loose cannon. I am
0: a loose cannon. Um, fighting Temptations, obviously. Um, you know, I have seen that, but not... It's kind of fun. Since I love like Fighting
3: Temptations. It's kind of a fun movie. Beyonce so... Beyonce and Cuba Gooding Jr. actually work really well together.
0: Beyonce's memory hold movie career is a thing I will never early stop being Beyonce obsessed with. Early Beyonce when she was just like, should I just you know kind of be in movies like doing doing do, like do Car-
3: Kar- Carmen a hip hopper, come right. on, Goldmember, Gold Gold she was great, she's incredible in Cadillac Records, obviously. Like she, I yeah. love that
2: early run of hers. Yeah. Before she became whatever. But then
3: even when she became a goddess atop
2: a pyramid, she would never perceive a
3: fucking other woman. Is is
2: it
0: Obsessed or. Right, which was like a weirdly big hit. No one remembers.
3: Uh, uh, Yeah, Obsessed is a bad movie, but it was a big hit. It was a big ass hit.
0: It was a big ass hit. Allie Larder, watch out She's great in Cadillac Records, which obviously we always stand any chance we can. Yeah. And she was in what I think was the highest-grossing movie of all time, the Lion King remake. She was trying, I believe that was the number one highest-grossing movie of all time uh, because of her. Yes, it was. The oh yeah, it's
3: definitely film. because of her. Definitely. She, I guess she'll be she in the did line... double duty on that, like releasing that album. Oh, like yeah. girl, I okay.
2: guess she'll be in Barry Jenkins's The Lion King Two Simba's Pride or whatever. Well, the idea it is... would be funny if he was like. So here's my take. It's just Simba's pride. I'm just I doing that. Really the
3: same wi- thing. The I really scenario. want that to be it. I, I hope he really does do. like King
0: one and a half. Yeah, doing one just, and a half, baby. was <laughs> and Cranzis Kilminster is dead. Um, no, isn't the thought that it's Godfather Part Two that it's like a do du- a split narrative yeah, of young Simba, Simba and young Mufasa right? or whatever. King Simba and young Mufasa right. and Scar. I mean, hey, look. I don't know. Look, Wouldn't I, it be I, great? I'll, I'll it.
3: Wouldn't it be great if it was actually animated? Wouldn't it?
0: Ugh, I would appreciate. It. What if the I trailer like that and that? it was hand? I would actually by Barry watch Jenkins.
3: it yeah, because drove. I still have not seen uh, the the line. I'm not. It's I not very good. That. Yeah,
2: just, uh, think about it. It's, it's not really bad. very good. It's a bad. You may you have seen it and it. forgotten you saw it. It's yeah. it's pretty plausible.
3: No, like I said, like I watched Black is King and I was like, oh, this guy, the songs. The yeah. songs, yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, black black is king the lion is not unfortunately (laughs) did black is king come out in
2: quarantine there are now things come out in quarantine where i'm like i watched that but in that sort of swirling mess of early quarantine right yeah yeah Yeah, july 2020 yeah yep okay okay we're done we're cut.
0: one of the great films in the cut one of the great films i hope people enjoyed it and if they didn't too bad yeah Mm -hmm. uh do you have any final thoughts you want to share
3: the thing that In the Cut does that, even even now, like in current times, we still really don't see uh, kind of like a reclaiming of eroticism in American cinema. Still, still eroticism is basically gone. And watching In the Cut just makes me think about like all of... The female directors that could have, because she really is one of the few that got a chance to make a movie like that. We didn't really talk about it, but like not a lot of women got to make erotic thrillers during that time. Yes.
0: Right. This is a pin Very I put in space. two hours ago that I'm now remembering I never got to resolve, but there is that weird thing. I mean, to just talk about the deeply ingrained puritanical nature of American audiences and all of that shit. And now there's obviously the, the every one month discourse of, like, are sex scenes bad? Why are Marvel movies sexless? And both arguments, like, bumping up against each other. But so many of the most, like, hated, like, this was a disaster, this movie is embarrassing, it needs to be mocked, Hollywood movies of, like, 1990 to 2005 were highly sexual. Like, things like Basic Instinct 2, which obviously, like, we haven't seen and I don't think is defendable, but, like, the backlash to that was so much stronger than, like, a backlash to an action movie sequel you know mm. where it's like how dare you do this showgirls obviously like there is this thing where like if you make a bad sexy movie it's like a crime against nature how dare you put this in front of me
3: well yeah and i mean also and the- and
0: and, and it, look it's happened with male stars like color of night and shit like that but i think you are right it's it, this movie is unique in that it's one of those directed by a woman mm with the perspective of a woman, which is maybe why it got an even worse response.
3: Yeah, and it's not just that it got, like, a response because people are afraid of sex. It's that people decided that it was badly made. Like, the cognitive yeah. dissonance of deciding that a film that is this well-made is badly made. Like, it was, like, there was something about the rewiring of the brains. Like, I'm n- you don't have to like this movie, right. but to say that it's badly made is just factually untrue. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I just i i I am one of those people where it's just like, can we please bring sex back to movies? can we please bring back uh chemistry casting mm-hmm. my lord yep like uh, yep. like you <laughs> i it's just it, when you watch when I watch it the thing that's that was so that really like jolted me it was really like a shot to the arm, and I was really energized by this movie mm. was because it just reminded me of When people were able to like have their bodies in an American film, yes, and it be casual, just like her, like Meg Ryan lying in bed with Jennifer Jason Leigh, like them just like things like that, them just like spending time together, and like the way that they're they're close to each other. It's like they're so like the sisterhood in that is like it's so intimate and it's so real. Like, of course, you're not going to put on all your clothes to hang out with your sister, right? Like, you know, and they're like, and she and you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's like, thanks for 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 letting for sharing your bed, just like this, like this ability to be close and to be in your body and to display your body, and especially at like in getting like older, which they both were getting older at the time, and they just like it just. It was just so. It was just so beautiful to see them, and it's beautiful to see how they're shot. And I think that a lot of the backlash had to do with the fact that, like, so many of these erotic thrillers that we grew up with didn't really like sex. And in the cut is a movie that likes sex, that likes women's bodies, that isn't afraid of women's it's bodies. It's not
2: punishing people for having sex, and and, and, yeah.
3: for, and for how hot this movie
0: is. It, the sexuality in the movie is not exclusively. Designed to titillate, and I do think sometimes with maybe the wall of corduroy, there is this violent response of like, "I didn't find this fucking hot. I didn't have a boner. What the fuck is this movie doing?"
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bunch of people who like really, and that's why like sometimes when people are talking about like the male gaze, people are so obsessed with the male gaze, subverting the male gaze, what the male gaze is. But the thing about it is, is that like as a bisexual woman who watches movies, like. It's hot. Like, if it's hot, it's hot. If it's not hot, it's not hot. Like, it's not like in a a situation like this where, like, you are able to see there are ways to display a woman's nude body in a way that you don't have to say male gaze. I agree with
0: that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Movies are innately voyeuristic. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, sexiness is inherently part of the chemical makeup of movies as an art form. Uh, we shouldn't be running away from it. Yeah, and I think terror. that it's I
3: think that it's notable that the loudest voices reclaiming it right now are women because we find it hot. It was almost like nobody really asked us before. Sure. And there I mean of course there are women who did not like this movie but they're also from like a different generation than a lot of us who are writing for it right now. And I think that that also matters i mean full circle
0: but fucking whatever it was four years ago nicole kidman signed this big deal with amazon about like i want to bring erotic thrillers back where are these 30 million dollar star-driven movies you can watch with a bottle of wine and it was a big fucking deal that she was going to bring this thing back and not one film has come out of that deal Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show people Mm -hmm. should listen to bad romance
3: yeah please do Um, please do
0: great podcast you host with bronwyn ariel isaac uh, and uh, I want to thank everyone for uh listening to this show. Wow! And please remember to rate, review, and sub subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our, our social media, Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for our artwork, AJ McKee and Alex Barron for our editing, uh, Lay Montgomery in the Great American Novel for our theme song, JJ Birch, nick Ariano for our research. You can go to patreoncom blankcheck for blank check special features. Uh where at this point we're still on Ghostbusters.
2: Uh I have no sense of time. We're doing
0: Ghostbusters, know. then we're doing the Matrix.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know where we're at. I don't remember where who knows where we're at. I think we're in the matrix. We're either in the after the matrix is about to
0: start. We're no, about I to looked, enter looked, the looked, matrix. Yeah, we're gonna do the matrix. <laughs> okay. We're in the matrix. You Just sick fucks,
2: we're gonna do the matrix again. We got the last Ghostbusters
0: coming up and then and it's great. And it's very normal. The Ghostbusters episode, we're in a really good mood for those last two episodes. They're two movies that are really fun to talk about. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, go, go to the Blank Check website. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to list all the other links yeah, We've fucking done it. I'm just so tired Enough. of doing all this shit. We thank nobody. I, th- I will never thank anyone ever again. Tune in next week for Bright Star. Yeah. Your favorite movie, two thousand nine. Definitely. Great movie. You love. uh, I do. And as always, no no sense of cock whatsoever. No sense of cock whatsoever. No sense of cock whatsoever.